Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you to bring up whatever's on your mind is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Now, if you're just tuning in, we've uh, been discussing drugs uh, what brought up the discussion and all you know different aspects, bad experiences, positive experiences, uh, how to uh, best reduce the harm from using these drugs. I think it's so important to get the message of harm reduction out there because the message of just say no is like some sort of crazy fantasy. It's never going to happen. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the evidence that the just say no campaign did a damn thing. It's more difficult for me to count the people I know that don't or haven't ever All right. drugs. So here we actually are. That was an old show, and now we're here live from the Liberty Forum after I don't know what was going on. Just so you know, we are having some technical difficulties. These are the things that happen with live radio. So we're here at the, at the 2012 Liberty Forum once again, uh, and it's a great event. I'm so glad to, uh, to be here around so many other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, great speakers, and, uh, and just a, a great group of folks here. I mean, hundreds of people in the same hotel together who love the ideas of freedom. And not only that, most of them are willing to do something about it. A lot of the people have already made the move here as part of the Free State Project. They made the move to New Hampshire. Uh, from wherever it is they are, they're hailing from. Actually, I was just recently with uh, Kelvin from Colorado, who's called the show a number of times. Yeah, uh, he came out to it's nice to see the folks that uh, you know that we hear on the air. Right. So yeah, a number of folks are coming and visiting here, and of course that's really cool. But we went out to uh, the Manchester Airport with Kelly Voluntarist for round three of the "Don't Strip Our Rights." Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a protest slash uh, outreach event. Where Kelly uh, basically and the first two they they went really well. People, you know, Kelly was uh, round and what a bikini and and in one case and underwear in another case. You know, like you know tasteful stuff, right. that kind of thing. Things went uh, went pretty well. Yeah, this time she did it a little bit differently, kind of taking it to the next level. She uh, she actually walked into the airport in a top that was very revealing. Uh, it was essentially like a see through. I don't know what you call it, fishnet look, I suppose. And uh, and underneath that, she had over her nipples, she had the uh, like tape, white tape, uh, basically. And it turned. You got any out, pictures of that? Uh, there are plenty of pictures. Okay. Uh, video is going to be online at some point. Uh, when that will be, I don't know. We'll let you know on air. At, uh, it'll probably be posted over at freekeen.com. And so it went fairly well, uh, I would say, considering the lack of uh, clothing that she uh, she had on. Uh, some of the women were a little cattier than uh, than normal about I'm this. Not it's, surprised these these the women are carrying around kids, you know. Especially the one with uh, the ones with kids. So you'll see some of that on the video uh, as well. But mostly, uh, I would say an overall friendly response from folks. Still, uh, a lot of people do not like the TSA, and so I'm sure they. Uh, at some level, appreciate someone who's willing to stand up to them. Anyway, so that's why I just got back from here at the Liberty Forum. So it's not just all happening at the hotel. Sometimes there are things happening on the outside, uh, like the Alternatives Expo and other things. But one of the things that a lot of a lot of folks are attracted here for are the the guest speakers that, uh, that especially they have. the keynote speakers, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, so one of those keynoters is sitting at the table with us here. He happens to host his own radio program. Uh, Peter Schiff is joining us here tonight, and he just got done. I think, I think with a uh, some sort of a presentation, as I said, I was out at the airport with a uh, with a young lady who was taking off her clothes, so I wasn't there to see her presentation. Peter, I don't blame uh, you. Good evening. <laughs> Well, what was the presentation on? I was uh, I was out hand- manning a table too, so I didn't get to I didn't get to see any of it. Well, I talked about the economy and mm-hmm. the problems that we have, and 
why we have them and why they're getting worse and, you know, why the real crash is coming. You know, it, we didn't have it yet. It's, the real crash hasn't happened yet. No, it's coming. In fact, I got a book by that title, The Real Crash, coming out in May. Okay. Uh, but I spoke about that. I'm speaking again after dinner, uh, the keynote for this. You are the, yeah, yeah, you're the big name here. You're the guy who predicted the <laughs> the, the crash in, what was it, 2006? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be talking more. for it all. <laughs> right. And I guess there I'm going to focus more on maybe, you know, what might lie ahead for our young people and might they stay or might they emigrate. So we'll be talking about that. And, you know, you guys, like, I do my own radio show now, yep. too, if uh, people want to listen at the Peter Schiff Show. If, Peter it's, not, if it's not on your dial, Dot yeah, I, I, we worked hard on that name and came up with it. But um, <laughs> if you go to shiftradio.com, right, shift you can radio. just listen online. It's live at 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. And if you miss it live, just go to that website and listen whenever you want. So what yeah. are some of the things you cover on your show? Well, I talk about politics. I talk about economics. I talk about the markets. We take guests. I take phone calls. So it's a good, you know, two-hour rundown. What's going on that day? You know, I always talk about generally things that are current and things that are happening at the time. And you know, we we get calls from clients who are talking about investments. We get calls about politics uh, uh, and just general economic questions. So is this your first time in New Hampshire? I feel no, like you've been I've, up here before. I've been here. I've been here many times. Um, I almost, I almost moved here. I know before I, I located almost. from yeah I, when I, when I moved from California I was looking up here because of the the lack of an income tax was appealing to me. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what stopped but, you? What was well it? I have fan, family and I have relatives uh, in in New York and Connecticut mm -hmm. and I thought I'd be a little distant. I mean I didn't really know anybody there and I did want to uh, you know be able to visit. I didn't want to just kind of isolate myself. Uh, and so I, I ended up paying more taxes and moving in Connecticut, and they repaid me by raising my taxes even more. So consequently, I, I might move, but I'm looking Thank south. Thank you so much. I'm Here's looking... some more taxes for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Florida, though, because, you know. No, 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 no. no. That's where warmer. we come from. Um, yes. The, now, I am a uh, – I'm in your Europac uh, investment value fund thing. I'm sorry I don't know all the names. But you're a big name as far as, uh, you know, investment advisor and, and things like that, people that believe that uh, the fiat currency is being, uh, you know, devalued by the Federal Reserve. People like that have been flocking to you. What can uh, – you know, like what can people expect if um, from Euro-Pacific in, in the relatively near future here? Well, I mean, we're trying to expand. We're – uh, opening up uh, some new offices we have planned. We're hiring new brokers, so we're growing the business. And uh, so, Where are you concentrating investments? Well, we're concentrating them abroad and in precious metals and other commodities. The whole idea is to minimize exposure to the U.S. dollar, the U.S. Treasury market, or any dollar-denominated bonds. I think that the losses are going to be enormous there for people. And, you know, that's the real crisis when we have a currency crisis, a, 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 a sovereign debt crisis. And people need to be aware of what's going to happen. You know, they just had a they just restructured the Greek debt and Greek uh, bondholders took a 50 percent haircut mm -hmm. actually more on their bonds. And, you know, I think we're going to take a bigger haircut. Uh, it, it might not be a, a real one where we just default, although we might. That would be better than what I think we're going to do, which is inflate. But, but either ratio. way, either way, we're going to impose huge losses on the holders of our bonds. But the debt ratio per of citizens uh, versus a government debt in the United States is actually larger than Greece, right? Well, we have a larger uh, per capita debt, mm -hmm. and that, and you know, I think that that really doesn't compare, uh, you know, apples to apples because 
the 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 official debt, the funded debt in treasuries is just a small part of the total debt. Mm -hmm. If you include all the off-budget items, all the contingency items, then if you also throw on all the state government, because after all, the state government and the federal government are looking at the same taxpayers to pay the bills, right? right? So it's it's all the same thing. So if you actually add all the government debt, uh, funded, unfunded, and off the bucks. I mean, we're the, probably the most indebted people on the planet. <laughs> I heard a number like $700,000 per individual in America. My four-year-old son but then again, owes, has owes $700,000. Well, no, he doesn't owe it because he never agreed to it, and I never agreed to it, and no one here ever agreed to uh, pay what these politicians are doing. Peter Schiff, uh, Schiffshow.com, is that what it was? What was the website? Schiffradio.com. Schiffradio.com. That's yeah. where people can go to learn more, because this is a topic and that listen, you've got to get deep right. into. Uh, we don't have time for that tonight, because a lot of people are here to talk to, and I really appreciate it. Appreciate you sitting in. Hey, thanks, Thank you very thanks much. For having me on, guys. More coming Thank up you. here from the Liberty Forum 2012 edition here, 855-453. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live. We're here at the 2012 Liberty Forum, a day full of speechifying and panelizing, or whatever you want to call it. No, I was one on, of those things. I was on the uh, civil disobedience panel today, which I thought went very well. Uh, it was Pete Ayer from coplock.org, uh, Jason Talley from tally.tv, and myself, and a great audience full of people with some good questions. Uh, Mark, what did you go and do today here at the Liberty Forum? I put to, put to bear my uh, prodigious uh, and incredible uh, sales skills, and I was signing people up for Porkfest and the Free State Project. I was manning a table and uh, grabbing them as they went by. Oh, great. Yeah, I think I'm doing that tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'll be sitting there with you. Oh really? You, you really liked it that much? You're coming back for more? Huh? I, I'm just I'm just worried about the Free State Project. I'm gonna make sure the best of the best is sitting at the table. Oh, I see what you're saying. You can't leave it in my hands. Got it. So that was going on today and uh, speeches. I heard that John Lott uh, was here, and we'd mentioned that he was going to be here, the author of More Guns, Less Crime. And I didn't see that, but what I heard happened. Were you there for the for this, Mark? I I know that he gave a speech. Yeah, and I heard at the end during the question uh, section that somebody asked him about the war on drugs, or I guess marijuana in specific. I'm not sure which, but uh, you know the, the idea that well, if you understand that prohibiting prohibiting guns leads to certain problems, are you on board with the idea? Of, you know, ending drug prohibition because he wants to end gun prohibition, uh, and he understands that you know that doesn't keep guns out of the hands of criminals and that sort of thing. So. You would think he would understand the drug issue, but apparently he is uh, somebody who is not liberty-minded on that issue. And so there's quite a debate, I believe, that uh, was rousted up between uh, some of the members of the audience and uh, John Lott. So not everybody speaking at the Liberty Forum is of uh, you know ideological purity, if you will. Sure. And uh, so apparently he got called out, and I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, the video of that one. So our number here, 855-450-FREE. We've got all kinds of interesting people to talk to, not just uh, speakers at the forum, but sometimes some of the people that are behind the scenes. Uh, Rob Panic is with us from State of Liberty. And sit right on in close to that mic, Rob. Uh, what is it that's, what is State of Liberty? Uh, 
Thank you for having me. Um, State of Liberty is a documentary film that uh, myself and several other uh, filmmakers, student filmmakers at the college, Keene State College in Keene, New Hampshire, have been working on over the last nine months. And wow. uh, we've basically been following several activists who live in the Keene area um, and uh, sort of with a focus on things such as civil disobedience, uh, non-cooperation, uh, political transparency, uh, personal responsibility. Um, and so some of the events that we've covered, uh, we, uh, we have covered Jason Talley, who uh, was recently arrested for having a camera in a courtroom or in a court lobby. Um, and so we went and did some shooting covering uh, that story as well as uh, uh, similar stories with Derek, um, who had. Derek, who's on our show actually on a regular basis right. on Tuesday nights. You know, I already knew what State of Liberty was because you guys are around Keene and you've come and you've interviewed folks. And uh, State of Liberty, what's the website? Uh, Stateoflibertyfilm.com. Stateoflibertyfilm.com. The trailer isn't up on the site yet. No, not but yet. It will be. You premiered the trailer for this today. I got to see it. Yeah, it was yep. great. It was great. And I'm looking forward to seeing, the obviously, the full production, which should come out sometime this summer. But let, let's go a little bit back, uh, talk a little more about the story behind State of Liberty. I mean, you guys, uh, this is senior thesis, uh, essentially, for you yep. at, uh, at school. So how did this come about? Like, you know, who pitched the idea? Who's the originator? Give me a little background. Well, um, I actually I, I moved here uh, to Keene, New Hampshire, um, after living in Florida for seven about eight years. Um, so I came here to finish up my college education. And uh, so I befriended a gentleman uh, by the name of David Krauss, who's actually here um, watching right now. Mm -hmm. And I work with David. And that's how I got to know sort of what the Free State Project was. Um, and he had actually told me a story one time about an act of civil disobedience that he was uh, engaged in. Um, which uh, you know well, um, that act of civil disobedience. The one where he sat in front of right, the police car? Right, where he sat in front of a police car. And I, I, was, uh, I was really amazed by the story. I was really uh, interested, and I didn't really understand what civil disobedience was, mm -hmm. uh, what non-cooperation was, you know, because I was fed a typical, traditional education. You know, you're sort of taught that liberty is yours and you're free and, you know, all these sort of fallacies. Um, Congratulations, you're yeah, free. So, yeah, it's been, Shut up, pay your taxes, and it's make been sure a you really, don't smoke any pot. It's been a really eye-opening experience, uh, and I've loved every minute of it. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, you've got a crew. It's not just you that's behind this. How many people are on board? There are actually 15 other film wow. students that have been working on this. Yep. A lot of them, you know, do behind-the-scenes stuff, a lot right. of post-production stuff, and... Uh, now, you what, need a lot of that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> One of the things you told me before is that there's a budget for this film. I mean, this isn't just you guys checking out some cameras from the, uh, you know, the office at the school and taking right. them around. You guys were awarded, like, a significant budget. Actually, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that because about a half an hour before I came down here to be a part of your show, uh, I received an email from Keene State College saying that we've just been awarded a, a creative projects grant for another $1,500. So. Great. And you started, do you want to talk about how much you started with? What yeah. Um, well, we originally set out to raise $15,000 uh, from the filmmakers and from anyone willing to contribute to the project. Mm -hmm. um, so that was our original goal. Right now, we've, we've put in about $5,000. Um, and we're thinking at this point that it probably won't ever need to reach that 
$15,000 budget, which was originally intended. Um, so like a free labor, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a big help. Now, are you getting that money from the college, or how does that Well, does that this, this recent grant that I was just talking about is from the college that's being mm-hmm. awarded to us. We went through a, a really tedious uh, proposal, um, and very it's actually a really competitive uh, research grant that we were awarded. Um, but the, the rest of the budget has come primarily from the filmmakers, um, you know, people and, and other people, family members and whatnot, who want to contribute to uh, emerging artists. So you guys you really are putting your own money behind this. I yep. was under the impression it was a, like a completely school-funded thing. So you guys are really out there, uh, you know, hitting the pavement, asking for, for contributions. Yep. Does that mean that you'll have full rights to the film as far as distribution and that sort of thing? Absolutely. Oh, yep. that's exciting. So are you planning on, like, Netflix, or where are you going to get it out? <laughs> uh, that would be great, actually. Netflix would be fantastic. Um, really, what I'd like to do is get it uh, circulating in film festivals around the mm-hmm. country. Um, and then I think if if the response is really good, then I'd like to move it into a distribution phase, uh, having you know digital downloads available for anyone who's interested in purchasing them, um, as well as uh, actual hard copy DVDs, DVDs and such. Yep. Are you shooting in HD or is it uh, an SD production? No, it is. It's not HD. Uh, it's just regular DV. It'll still look good. It, yeah, sure. looks you great. guys have some nice cameras from, from what I've seen around here. Uh, so stateoflibertyfilm.com yes, sir. is where folks can go to uh, to learn more about this. What else would you want to share with uh, with our audience that they might not know about your production? Um, well, it's uh, – let me think here. That's a tough opening yeah, question. Yeah. Right? Uh, what, what is the most amazing thing you've seen in the 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 the, the, the filming of this? I mean, because you've had a lot of activists. That's a good question. Well, the most interesting thing for me personally is um, what I was talking about earlier in terms of uh, people being arrested for operating cameras. I mean, that's yeah. that's my life. Was that a shocker? Um, it is. It is quite a shocker. Uh, you know, that's what I've centered my life around is is documenting people and documenting interviewing and. And capturing those sorts of things, and I think it's ridiculous that people are spending time in jail for doing exactly I, that. I'm glad you feel that way because it seems almost like the mainstream media completely ignores it. Yeah. Oh, it's just one of those independent filmmakers uh, that has been arrested, so we don't care about covering that. If it was one of their cameramen, they would uh, give a damn. But oh, you can't get WMUR, one of these other TV uh, shows, to cover this sort of stuff. Stateoflibertyfilm.com. Rob Panic, thanks for coming on Free Talk. Thank Live. you very thanks. much. Glad Thank you're out there doing this work. It's uh, it's good stuff. All right, eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CA. AI toll free line. You can bring up anything. We're here live at the 2012 Liberty Forum. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items, vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're here at the 2012 Liberty Forum. And we'll take your calls about anything at 855-450-FREE. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. Uh, In fact, if you want to, you can control the website by submitting different content to it. You find something online that you think is interesting. 
and then you submit it as show prep. Other listeners then have the ability to vote on what they like and dislike, and you get to vote as well. And the most voted up make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. And uh, the Bitcoin is a, is a big topic of, of conversation here at the Liberty Forum. Today there was a, a, not a seminar but a panel discussion about agorism, which is working outside of the system to provide products and services without begging government permission. Uh, it's one of the, the definitions of it. And so Bitcoins are a pretty outside-the-system currency because, well, the government had nothing to do with creating it. In fact, the government people are pretty upset by the fact that it even exists. And it's uh, totally decentralized, which is one of the reasons why the government people don't like it, because it's hard for them to control. In fact, it's impossible for them to control Bitcoin. Uh, you can learn more over at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. And you can, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have your first Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. So you can buy your Bitcoins with cash over at BitInstant.com. That's BitInstant.com. You know, as usual here at the Liberty Forum, uh, we like to talk a little bit about the event and some of the things that have been going on, but also, more importantly, talk to some of the people that are here, uh, both in front of and behind the scenes. We've got uh, a lady here with us, Eileen. Uh, and uh, Eileen, we've met before at uh, one of Michelle Seven's parties, and uh, so I know that you're involved in the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Now, tell our listeners what that is and why they should be interested in it if they don't live in New Hampshire. Well, there's many things that New Hampshire Liberty Alliance does that we'd love to be able to see once New Hampshire is the benchmark for the rest of the country as we increase liberty here in New Hampshire. Um, we would love to be able to see the other states follow suit. So, so set an example. To set an example. And, well, there's a lot of people talk about liberty, and um, but what we're doing is we affect change up at the state house. It's so. absolutely true, It's um, and it is really happening. And what are... What are some of the ways that you go about making the change happen? Well, one of the things that we do that people who don't live in New Hampshire can do is we rate all the bills that come into the New Hampshire State House. So we rate them on how they impact your liberty, and we have training to teach people on how to do bill review. So we rate legislation on if it's pro-liberty or anti-liberty. That's a huge, t- I mean, that, that shouldn't be understated. That's a huge task. It, it is. We have, someone has to read all of the legislation, the proposed legislation. Isn't that right? That's correct. And there's a, between 900 and 1,000 pieces of legislation that come into the New Hampshire legislature every year. And that's probably small because New Hampshire is a small state. Can you imagine you know, what it's like in Texas? How many, right. how many exactly. bills they must have there? And you know, it's intensive. You've got a, a cadre of volunteers that read every single one of the bills and give a rating. Is there a restriction in in New Hampshire on uh, how many topics a bill can cover? Because obviously we know in the D.C. there's just all kinds of stuff in every single bill. No, no, no. But I think some of the legislators, we actually have some legislators that will come to us when they're thinking of a piece of legislation and say, well, how can we we script this so that it, it... the likelihood of its passage and it's still remaining pro-liberty. So we will help parse them down and or look at a piece of legislation and say, well, there's there's nothing you can do with this bill to make it pro-liberty. There's right. no way we'd be able to endorse it. <laughs> so we, we have had those. Um, but again, from out of state, as you can learn how to do bill review, and that's extremely helpful because what that does is that is the foundation of, a, of, of our, our troop of grassroots advocates 
will go into the, the committees when a bill comes into committee and it's been rated on our by our bill reviewers as being very pro-liberty, myself or other um, designated individuals from the NHLA will go in and testify in a piece of legislation to try mm -hmm. to get the committee to pass the bill. And we'll also go in and try to kill a bad piece of legislation or offer suggested amendments to make it better um, within the state house. So bill review is a huge part of getting us into the committees. And now, are there people that are like really excited about reading legislation? Do those people exist? <laughs> yes, they do. Wow, <laughs> I am so glad they're out there. <laughs> and, and so am I. And it's, <laughs> believe me, so am I. And so once a bill leaves the committee, it goes to the state house for a vote. And that's where our signature document called the gold standard comes into play. I see you're holding one of them in your hands. Yes. I've heard about this. So we've had Dennis Goddard on the show in the mm -hmm. past. And uh, it is, it's an, an interesting idea that's certainly something not going on anywhere else. What is the gold standard? What the gold standard is, is um, when a bill comes out and the entire House goes to vote on it, we educate the legislators from strictly a liberty standpoint, nonpartisan, on how to vote on a piece of legislation. Now, don't they also get handouts from their party? So, like, the Democrats will get, you know, how to vote if you're a Democrat, and the Republicans get how to vote if you're a Republican. You guys are offering a third choice. Yes, we're offering a purely from a liberty standpoint, and it's very, very principled, and we've been creating the gold standard since 2005. And That's so the incredible. Le the legislators know that we're principled, we do our research, and our information is accurate. So if we say that a piece of legislation is against Article 10 of the New Hampshire Constitution, we put that quote down there. Mm -hmm. They know that we're dead on. And so we have about an 80% success rate in this House, in this current House body. Success rate regarding? Our recommendations. So if we recommend a, a bill really? die, we have an 80%. We, we're right now at, or a bill pass, we have an 80% I mean, that's success a rate. I mean, it is it's colossal. colossal. Now, wait a minute. Now, how's that built over time? I mean, how long have you been involved with the NHLA? I've been involved with the NHLA for several years now. Have I'm, you seen that I'm, change? I'm the chair, current chairwoman of, of the Liberty Alliance, yeah. and I, I'm standing just on the shoulders of giants mm -hmm. because the individuals who came beforehand who who, who really worked very, very hard yeah, to get I mean, us to where we are now. They've created an incredible organization. I'm glad I'm a lifetime member. Uh, now, have... Uh, but have you seen that change? Have you seen that 80%? Has it gone up over time? Have you become it, more influential over time? More influential. If you if you visit the New Hampshire State House on a day when it, House sessions are typically on a Wednesday and they're voting, you will see legislators looking at the gold standard on how to vote. Interesting. And it's it's a, they the, I'm there on Wednesdays passing out the gold standard, and legislators who come in the other door will come around the corner and come to me to come get it from me. Wow. There'll be other there'll be people who are law, paid lobbyists there. I'm not paid. I'm a, I'm a volunteer. Right. Every all of the NHLA is all volunteer. All we're all run That's by good. donations. Then that brings us really to the uh, the, the third spear on the, uh, the the fiery triton of, uh, of of the NHLA, which is the liberty rating, right? Yes. So and once they you know the, the legislature votes or doesn't vote. Yeah, we keep them accountable. We, we, we track how they voted on our recommendations, and then we create what we call our, our annual report card or our liberty rating. And so this year's liberty rating was based on 56 recommendations um, that we had, whether on how the legislators the voted, the important, yeah. the most important, impactful yeah. ones. And so we rated all the legislators. So we run, run everywhere from an A-plus, yeah. legislator of the year. Who's that? It's Mark Warden from Gosstown. <laughs> we had him on last night. We yes. <laughs> Mark Warden's our favorite, of course. Yes, he, yes he, he's an amazing legislator. But, you know, we've got uh, the top 25 is uh, 
We've done amazingly well this year. And then, you know, we run down all the way to constitutional threats. Right. And you're also helping candidates run for office, are you not? Exactly. I mean, training and we do like candidate that? training, and we also support candidates with rallying volunteers. We had some special elections we rallied rally volunteers for this mm-hmm. year. And with money and donations. So, so that's another way people can help from on the outside. Like exactly. a lot of people will listen to Free Talk Live. They'll hear a lot of the stuff that's happening here, get pretty excited about it, but then they'll say, oh, I can't move. I've got this reason and that reason. But what can I do to help from the outside? And obviously money can help, but reading the bills also is something that they can help with. They can go to nhliberty.org. To yes. learn more, there's uh, is there email updates or what can people there's get there? There's email updates. We do activist alerts. You can get a copy of the gold standard sent to you. Oh, cool. Um, we have a Facebook page. We we really try to rally people and get people involved and keep their legislators accountable. And if you're in uh, you know another state or another country and you just not you're not moving to New Hampshire, this is the roadmap to more liberty where you are. You read all the bills. You read all the bills. And then you rate the legislators on how they voted on the bills. I mean, it's really that's it's simple, but it isn't easy. It isn't easy. There's there's no other organization in the nation that's like ours. In fact, I'm I'm usually on a monthly basis or every month I'm getting an email from someone asking them how can we do this in our state. And I said, well, you, New Hampshire is unique. We've we've got. You'd be this. better off moving to New Hampshire. I'm sure you'd be better off moving to New Hampshire. Right. We have we have all of these wonderful liberty activists here already in New Hampshire. Eileen, thank you so much for sitting in here tonight. NHLiberty.org is where people can go to learn more about the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Appreciate you being on Free Talk Live. There's more coming up here live from the Liberty Forum. This is Free Talk Live, and we are live, extra live, at the 2012 Liberty Forum where there are a number of people milling about, although right now there's not much milling going on by our studio. That's because it's dinner time, and uh, we are sitting here on the air. I haven't eaten since uh, hmm, noon, I think. So uh, going a little while while here and uh, doing it all for you. So you can have live radio from the Liberty Forum 2012 edition. We've got all kinds of interesting people uh, with whom to speak. And uh, one of them is joining us here. We're going to actually take a phone call. So uh, Drew Phillips is joining us from freedomsphoenix.com. If you want to put your headphones on, you'll be able to hear the call and, uh, and interact here. We'll talk more about what Drew's up to because they're doing some cool stuff over at Freedoms Phoenix uh, with the dime cards. And we'll explain what I mean by that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. Anonymous calling from Idaho uh, is on the line here. Anonymous, you are on Free Talk Live, and we are live from the Liberty Forum. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, so I'm talking to Ian here, huh? You've actually got Ian, Mark, and, and Drew, Drew Phillips. Ian, Mark, and Drew Phillips. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, so you guys are at the Liberty Forum. And uh, I kind of wanted to jump off topic, but stay on topic. Uh, talk to you about how my wife's uh, civil liberties are being violated by the Catholic Church currently. How can the Catholic uh, Church violate civil liberties? Um, well, the Catholic Church. Okay. Okay. Um, basically, what happened here was she did, uh, she filed a lawsuit. Um, well, she has a lawsuit filed against her. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and all she did, she wrote a letter to uh, basically this priest superiors, you know, saying some of the things that she knew that this guy was doing. And then what happened was they started investigating him. 
So to thwart the you know canonical investigation, he filed um, several civil you know civil like libel, slander, all kinds of lawsuits against her. And he Who is it that's filing so. these? I'm sorry, the Catholic. So the Catholic Church is investigating her. The police are investigating her. Who's investigating? And then who's filing? Okay, the okay, okay. So she she just wrote a letter, just a just a private letter to you know Catholic superiors for this priest, right? Um, you know, didn't gotcha. make it public, didn't send it to anybody else, but within right. the Catholic Church. And once he found out about this. He, he began to file all these civil lawsuits against her, which what okay. that does, um, if you know anything about uh, canonical law, I don't. you guys aren't into that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? Um, that thwarts the canonical investigation. So, so these are lawsuits that are within the church, or they're, like, they're within state government? Well, uh, basically, um, yeah, with, with, within the state government, exactly. Okay. So the ones that the ones that the priest is filing is within the state government. And what the is he accusing that, her of? Um, you know, t- the investigation is canonical, so that's just within Got the it. church. And what is it she's being accused of? Different people like that. Got it. What's she being accused of? What's she being accused of? Yes, sir. Well, the, I could put it as priestly misconduct. She is she's being a priest? accused of. Hold on, she's being no, no, accused of priestly no, misconduct. The, the, the priest is being accused of priestly misconduct. Right, but in her, in the lawsuits being filed against her by the priests or whoever, uh, what is it that she's being accused of in the lawsuit? What's the basis Libel of the suit? And slander. Got it. Even though she didn't publish that letter anywhere, it was a private no, letter. Yeah, exactly. What what he did was he went live on his website and said that he was being accused of that went live on his website, even though that that was only sent within the Catholic Church. So you have to realize she did not, like, put this out on a website or anything like that. So where is it that these, uh, is this recent? I mean, where does these lawsuits stand right now? Um, This lawsuit is, uh, this has been going on for a little bit over a year. The the last thing that was filed was um, because he hadn't, you know, the priest hadn't done anything about it. This gets a little bit better, but the, the priest hadn't done anything about it, so uh, she filed for, um, you know, just a motion for dismissal. Well, he came back and said, oh, yeah, she's saying all this stuff on the Internet about me and all that, and actually filed for another motion and is actually increasing this. And, the, I mean, the thing here is the Catholic Church is not, it's not really saying anything about this. Now, now here's... Here, here's here's the trick is um, Catholic priests they all have like an order, you know, like this guy. Yeah, I'm not going to name any names here. It's, you know, it's but creepy. This guy belonged to an order, mm-hmm. and uh, his order and that canonical investigation that I was telling you was going on when she filed that. They look into this stuff. Um, you know, they were not able to interview her because of that civil suit, but they found him guilty of many of the things that and you have proof that, of that? That, that, that that she was claiming and you have proof that they found him guilty 
Um, oh, oh, yeah, I do, I do, I do. Um, well, I've I mean, if you've got the proof, then, then you know, clearly if she's not making false claims, it's not libel and it's it's not slander. And in well, addition, you could probably argue that the uh, you could probably argue that the priests are public figures. And as well, I understand, no, I don't think so. No, the, the problem is, is this priest is a you know public figure. He's a televangelist. He's got. Millions and millions of dollars. Well, no, I know. I understand that that's a problem from the perspective that he can hire lawyers and probably outmaneuver her from that uh, angle. But on the other hand, the more yeah, public because, like, somebody is, dot com going up against his lawyers. You know what? Jurisdictionary is a good good thing to turn mm-hmm. to. Uh, Anonymous, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, and good luck out there. Let us know what happens at eight five five four fifty free. But I'm no lawyer. But as I understand it, when you are dealing with a li- uh, accusations of libel, if the person who's been allegedly libeled is a public Actually figure. Actually did it, yeah. And, well, no, no, but if they're yeah. a public figure, so like I can say, Mark Edge is gay. Right. And, you know... Well, first off, that would have to be a bad thing. Right. I, I But, right, if, if that were offensive to you... Right. And uh, it would have to uh, affect my uh, earn, earning income. Would it have to... I is think that so. a factor with, with libel? I think so. I'm not sure. I don't... Again, I'm no they're lawyer. Right. What, what the heck? But as I understand it, because you're a public figure, you don't have the same level of protection as, say, Drew Phillips does. Uh, so, Drew, jo- uh, welcome back to uh, the program here tonight. Uh, you are somebody who helps out with freedomsphoenix.com. I don't know if that's who you're here representing tonight, because I know you, you brought some... Some dimes with you. Some, some, some dimes, yeah, some silver dimes. Silver dimes. Now, this is pre-1965, is that right? Correct. So all the dimes prior to 1965, so 1964 and, and before that, uh, are made 100% of silver. 90% silver. 90%. Yeah, and that's why it's called junk. Uh, junk because it's circulated. Yeah, and I don't they, like they, that name very much. I, I don't. So. I don't care for it either. Um, but uh, because they're used, they're worn, they're junky, mm-hmm. uh, and typically people who invest in silver would buy a pure uh, bullion uh, rounds, a shiny ounce they can put in a safe or somewhere that's uh, that's secure. But these are these are things that uh, you know. What's a what is a, one of these dimes worth these days? Uh, currently, they're uh, at the moment. I think it's uh, about two dollars and fifty six cents. Uh, that fluctuates based on the silver price, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, the reason that we like them so much is it's a it's it's a good amount to trade with. If I wanted to buy a soda pop, or if I wanted to buy a hot dog, or something that's only two or three dollars, then I can do that with this. So obviously, we've chosen these uh, to encourage barter and the use of silver in the open market rather than uh, just investment pieces. So you know that's sort of our advocacy. Yeah. And what you've done is you've laminated them essentially uh, with in- information about what they are. Because if you just hand a dime that's silver to somebody, they may not have the knowledge that's necessary to really recognize. And, and they might lose it amongst their other uh, change. Right. Which is a problem. So, so we adapted this uh, actually from Ron uh, over at Shire Silver. I saw the uh, Shire Silver model and I thought it was pretty interesting uh, for a number of reasons. I, I won't criticize Ron because I really love his program, but for a number of reasons, I thought I think I can do this better. Great. And and, uh, and and we got a uh, we got onto the dimes and these these uh, circulated coins and also quarters. Uh, so they have smaller uh, denominations similar to a Shire Silver card. So yeah, same thing. We laminate them, credit card size fits in your wallet, real real nice and convenient. And as you said, there's information on the back which allows you to understand if you have a general idea of what the silver uh, spot price is of that day. It has a chart: thirty, thirty-five dollars, forty-five dollars. You know. So but don't you have an app for that? Th- there's an app for that. Tell me about that. <laughs> and uh, everybody's favorite. Right? There's an app for that. Uh, it's it's known as the Silver Calculator. And again, it sprung out of this kind of overall silver wallet voting project that we were working on out of Phoenix. So the app is called the Silver Calculator. It's available uh, on the Android market. and uh, Only Android at the moment? No, actually, uh, uh, to this weekend at Liberty Forum, we're here to proudly announce oh, that we cool. have 
And right here on Free Talk Live, first time we've said oh, this. A few a few people know, but world uh, exclusive. Yeah, so, sort of. So, I mean, we need like one of those. Well, uh, well, well, real quick. Nightly news noise. Real quick, the backstory. Uh, there was another iPhone app developed by a uh, Liberty activist here in Keene, uh, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the point of sale system barter app that we were trying to develop, and it, it just released uh, yesterday on the iPhone on the iTunes market. So Silver Calculator, search that on iTunes or Android Market. It has an AG logo, uh, which you know AG. Perfect. And then uh, if you want more information. It's what is this coin worth dot info. What is this coin worth dot info about the dime cards and the silver calculator? Well, if you want to know about the dime cards, you're going to have to go to don't tread on meme.com. Good having you on, Drew Phillips. Thanks as always. More coming up from the Liberty Forum. Our two's next. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are broadcasting live from the Liberty Forum, the 2012 edition. It is back after taking a year off, unfortunately, due to an organizer mishap uh, a year ago. With the original organizer, Chris Lawless, is back on board. We had him on last night to talk about what's going on here, and there is a lot going on here. There's no way we could possibly cover it all uh, in one segment of the show, and we've got so many great people to talk to here that uh, we really have to mix uh, taking phone calls uh, with our guests and talking about the event. And we're here at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, beautiful hotel and full of beautiful people at the moment, though right now most of them are eating. We're very grateful that uh, our guests will be talking with next. Uh, Angela has uh, actually stepped away from the dinner table to come and talk to us, which is a really big deal. But first, we've actually got Matt on the line in Montana. You can call about anything that's on your mind. Matt, go ahead with your thoughts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Matt in Montana. Don't you? You guys are awesome. Say again. I'm, I'm sorry. One more time. You guys are awesome. I just found you guys. That oh, thank you. I heard. Yeah. I heard the awesome part, but I was wondering about the taking the calls. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts, Matt. <laughs> okay. Now, I listened to the stuff about the Shire. Correct. Yes, sir. And I live in Montana. Now we already kind of have our liberties here. Um. You, make you do it sound huh? really appealing. I mean, what what would you say to people when I say, okay, I live in Montana. You know, we have Montana, we have Wyoming, we have Idaho out here that we really don't have the problems you guys have. I would no. say that the Mercatus Center uh, from George Mason University rated Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming much lower than New Hampshire. Uh, was it South Dakota or was it North Dakota? I think it was South Dakota and um, let's see, Indiana did well. So, I mean, I would say you guys mm-hmm. are probably, you're not in the top five of freest states in the union. Well, now, that's according to the Mercatus Center. They looked at all the 50 states and they analyzed various different factors. Sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, if you that. feel free, then that's great. I mean, uh, so what are you saying that in Montana that they, they don't arrest people uh, who are peaceful? Um, no, really, they really Nobody screws with anybody. The, the sheriffs all know everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, uh, yeah. so no one's getting yeah, arrested for growing the, for growing marijuana. You. 
they're not getting arrested for uh, for possession of uh, of marijuana. There's nobody getting speeding tickets. Uh, well, you know, actually, if you possess marijuana in Montana, up to a certain point, um, you get just a ticket. I see. That's pretty good. But they are still handing out tickets, which those are threats. If you don't pay the ticket, if, if they'll I put you in jail. To, if I were to move to Montana, would I uh, be able to homeschool my child and then not have to pay to school other people's kids and stuff? Um, there, no. Yeah, um, I wouldn't think so. You guys have property not. taxes in, in Montana? Uh, excuse me? No. You have, you have property taxes there? Oh, yes, yes, we do, and it does pay for okay. schools, and yeah. Gotcha. So you, you do, do have do taxes, you do schools. have aggression, you do have people that are peaceful being aggressed against by the state. It sounds like you have some of the same problems we have here in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's, it's all varying, gray, varying shades of uh, gray in the areas of theft. But again, if you don't feel like you're unfree, then there's nothing I can yeah. say that's Why would to, you pick up and move then? Right, you should stay <laughs> right where you are. Uh, I mean, we're, we're looking to talk to people who feel like they're not free, uh, because there's a lot of uh, unfreedom out there. There's a lot of restriction, a lot of uh, oppression all across this country, even in Montana. Uh, and, you know, there are always people in search of power, people who want to control the lives of others. And uh, the, the people that are, are here as part of the Free State Project, or as you mentioned, the Shire Society, uh, the, these people are people who care and they want to get active and they want to make a more free world for the future of their children and their children's children, uh, because we see things going in the wrong direction in general, and we want to do something about that. So, Matt, I wish you the best, and I thank you for the call tonight at 855-450-FREE. As we, speaking of uh, children and children's children, we we actually have uh, Angela Dills with us from uh, the LearnLiberty.org That's at right. Providence She's... College. Come right on close to that microphone there, Angela. And yeah, Even uh, closer. Yep, real close. <laughs> okay. don't, get, don't be well, shy. Thank you. Uh, uh, so welcome to uh, Free Talk Live. And what, you were speaking today, is that right? I was. I came to talk about school choice today. What, now, school choice, tell me about that. Well, we have lots of choices, some more than others. Uh, traditional public school choice, which is what you, know, you get to choose where you live and where you can send, which public school you can send your child to. So the, right, the choice uh, is that where you buy the house. Was where you buy the house right. chooses your school, and in some areas you have a lot of different school districts you can choose between. When I was growing up, I lived uh, in the crappiest school district, and <laughs> my grandmother lived in the best. And yeah. this was, you know, we decided, oh, I live at grandma's house. And I went to high school that way. I had gone to a private school prior up to that point, but, you know. I, it I, is common enough that some school districts actually hire people to make sure children live at the house they, they say they live in. They have They do. Yes. Can you imagine? I, I mean, you know. Can you imagine wanting so desperately to live? in that school district that you're willing to lie about where you yeah, live. Yeah, I mean, it's... So. it's it, and so what are some of the other ways? Because we often talk about, uh, you know, people people call in about vouchers and things like this. Right. So most people, the choice most people get is traditional public school choice. But there's vouchers, there's tax credits, there's charter schools, there's magnet schools, there's obviously private schools and homeschooling as well, so... Now, one thing that we often, you know, really wonder here, and you're an expert, we're not. Um, so, <laughs> the uh, when it comes to uh, vouchers, are they superior? to uh, really public school, or is it just another way of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? Because it seems like the government wants to be involved. They want to dictate. If they give those vouchers, you know, your school has to, you know, have vitamin D, pasteurized milk served in a little carton uh, that's, uh, you know, two cups, and if it doesn't, then, you, you know, you're out. And, you know, all these rules that they give once you take the 30 pieces of silver. So there's two parts there. I guess the first part is, are private schools better than public schools? And the answer is yes. Yeah, generally uh, that, the case. That, that, that's 
definitely the case. Uh, the second question is then if we allow for vouchers, there may be some concern that that invites the government to regulate private schools more than they already mm -hmm. do. And so we may be concerned about excessive regulation. Mm -hmm. My impression is that uh, there's some research, not very much, that that has not happened. Yet. Yet. Yeah. So if it got so. more popular and more, they did more vouchers, it would be more likely? It's, it tends to be the case that if the government's going to give you money, they might want to have a little bit of say over where that money goes. And that, I, I think They're that not that's giving a, you money. Well, <laughs> true. <laughs> if the government wants to back. transfer money to <laughs> children, people who have, from right. taxpayers to people who have kids, then yes. uh, they tend to regulate that as well. So Absolutely. they may play a greater role in defining what it means to be a school, what one has to accomplish during right. that school time and the like. Is this, a, is this a midpoint, this whole uh, voucher thing, to the ultimate goal, which is to actually allow parents to choose which schools to send their money to in the first place and never have it stolen from them at all? So I actually think one of the uh, interesting things that came up at the end of the talk from some of the audience members was a discussion about how technology might help us allow a wider variety of people to have access to school choice, um, whether that's online learning or blended Khan learning Academy. and the Khan Academy Huge. and things like this. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of stuff that can go on that particularly for people who live in more rural or suburban environments, would allow them to have more choices in how they're educated than um, we can currently offer within, even within a private schooling system, just because there's not enough children who live in non... If you don't live in an urban area, it's hard to provide a lot of choices. What have you come to any conclusions uh, regarding school choice? I mean, like you know, you've studied okay. this. What are you, what are your <laughs> thoughts in the area, rather than us, uh, you know? Yeah. So my thought is that uh, school choice makes schooling cheaper. Private schools are cheaper. Charter schools are cheaper. Uh, there's a lot of ways. So a lot of people don't believe that. They, private schools cheaper. Private schools are more expensive, right? Most private schools are religious schools, and religious schools are significantly cheaper than than public schools. Uh, and you're talking about a per student? On a uh, per student basis. basis. So uh, average private school tuition in 2007-2008 was $8,500. At the time, mm. the U.S. was spending $10,500. So if they, okay, so you've got religious, private schools are uh, in the religious category, probably what, 80% of them? It's mostly Catholic schools. And then yes. um, you've got these sort of preparatory schools where the, all the boys wear crests on their uh, uh, jackets. And, <laughs> right. you know, like, I think the average person probably isn't sending their kid there. Right. And then you you have kind of these alternative educations like the Waldorf School, the Montessori School, the yes. Sudbury School, these kind of things. What kind of percentage of the marketplace do those, because those are the access to your sort of middle class people can send their kid to this alternative education. They can do that. How, how many, what, what percentage of the marketplace are they? So private schooling is only about 10% of the market. Almost half of that is Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about a lot of children, really. I see. I'd say a couple percentage kids. Well, I sure hope more parents will consider getting their kids out of the government schools, whether they end up sending them to a private school or, better yet, perhaps homeschooling or unschooling. There's so many other choices than leaving them to the government indoctrination system. Now, people can go and see some of your videos over at learnliberty.org. Yes. Now, how would they find them? Would they search for schools or Angela? Uh, or? Either would work. Okay. Angela is Dills. short. It's yes. uh, D-I-L-L-S. It's right in the search <laughs> right. bar. Perfect. Over at learnliberty.org. Great having you on. Thank you so much for Thank stopping by Free much. Talk Live tonight. There's more on the way here live from the 2012 Liberty Forum, 855-450-FREE. If you'd like to get on the air, bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? 
Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll-free number, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and we invite you there where you can actually take control of the site, bring up whatever it is that you want over at freetalklive.com. And uh, when I say bring up, I mean you can submit uh, what we call show prep to the site, meaning a YouTube video or a news article or something else that you find online that you think is interesting. You submit it. Others vote. The most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com to get interactive. Freetalklive.com. Part of the fun of doing an Internet-based business is dealing with all the technical glitches that pop up, such as the one the Beezer Brothers discovered last week at their Big Head Press website. Both the purchase links and their sale page for the latest graphic novel, Escape from Terra Volume 2, were fouled up in such a way it was impossible for fans to even buy the book. If you don't know anything about Escape from Terror, go to BigHeadPress.com. Check out the online comic. That's where I found out about it. It's awesome. Read it from the beginning all the way to present. And then you'll want Escape from Terror Volume 2. So they fixed the problems now. And to make amends to those who may have been thwarted by those glitches, through Saturday, they're offering the book for $2 off list price. Now, you don't have to have actually been thwarted by the glitches. You can just go get the book. It makes it $12.95 plus shipping. They're doing a Mardi Gras sale because, well, for voluntarists to do a President's Day sale would just be wrong. It's mm-hmm. BigHeadPress.com. That's BigHeadPress.com. Yeah, great stuff over there. All right, so we've got all kinds of interesting people to talk to here from the Liberty Forum, where that's where we're broadcasting. We'll be here uh, all night for the rest of the show tonight and tomorrow as well, uh, presuming our technology continues to work. And thus far, we've had decent luck uh, with it. And we've got another special guest to talk to. And there's obviously a lot going on here at the Forum. Hopefully we'll be able to touch on more of what's coming up tomorrow, because if you haven't made it up here yet for this and you're in the New England area Take a detour. Get up to uh, to Nashua, New Hampshire, and come up and spend some time here with hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented folks as we continue uh, with uh, some interesting people that are sitting here with us tonight. Uh, Antigone is with us, who's one of the hosts of her own show, Sex, Lies, Anarchy. Is that right, Antigone? <laughs> yes. Well, welcome. And that, that is your website as well, is it not? SexLiesAnarchy.com? We have both Sex, Lies, Anarchy and Sex, Lies and Anarchy. And, you know, you, okay, have, you have to buy them all, right? <laughs> Do you have all the promotional pictures there? Because I think that the real sell, unique selling point initially for the program is like all three of the girls on the air are hot. Uh, we will be revamping our site, but right now we're uh, just focusing on the quality of the show rather than the website. I saw the it's promo. Limited pics. time. I um, saw the promo pics. Those are on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tell me about what is Sex Lies and and Anarchy. Sex Lies and Anarchy is a show um, hosted by three ladies uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, where we talk about. We don't really talk about news or politics or libertarian things really, but as libertarians, we talk about. You know the issues that come up in your everyday life. Where like, how do you integrate libertarian principles into your everyday life? Not it's not about political activism. It's a moral movement. Um, yes, yep. and that's the thing we talk about: criticizing activism, mm-hmm. uh, constructive ways of criticizing activism or not. Or like, I mean, our last episode was uh, the nice guy. 
is he in the friend zone? <laughs> I mean, we have like some really oh, fun boy. stuff as oh, well. Oh, the friend zone. Oh, the nice guy. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, they try so hard. We've yeah, we've had shows with like because we're not a relationship show. So no. many times people think, oh, you're women, so yeah, you're gonna have a relationship, a relationship show. show. Sure. Uh, which completely unfair. Mm. Um, uh, one my favorite episode was about. Uh, calmness in your mind, more of a Zen thing and not being so knee jerk reaction. You know, that, that's the state. We should be better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I heard some of that one. That Um, was pretty good. The show airs over at lrn.fm, but it's also available via podcast over at sexlizeanarchy.com. Mm-hmm. And we're on iTunes as well, and I'll post the episode every Friday on Facebook, so lots of places to get it. How, how, how's, the, you know, how's the reception going? Are you getting lots of, uh, lots of downloads? You're happy with what's going on? I'm, I'm amazed that people listen. <laughs> So it seems to be going well. I would just like, I would like to figure out why people listen so I can do more of that. But, um, girls you know, on the radio, that helps, uh, that, you know, in the Liberty she movement, she said ladies, ladies, that's ladies. a good point. Ladies on the radio, that helps. And it, in the Liberty movement, it's a sausage fest. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this on your program, the, uh, you know, the sausage fest aspect of the, the Liberty movement and why so many males are involved as opposed to females. And when you, I know that when we've discussed it before with other ladies on the, on the show, so I want to hear what you, what you think on this, but the, the basic pitch has been that the reason why there aren't that many uh, ladies in the movement in many ways has to do with the way the men behave. We have talked about the socially awkward libertarian male. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, the computer guy doesn't really talk to many people in general, or you know, I mean, that's a stereotype. But also, I think uh, libertarians can be really dry. You know, when talking about economics, like I understand enough about economics, I'm not going to sit there and read, you know, some tome about economics. Me neither. And well, I think more men are likely to do that. Mm. And one of the things that my show provides, hopefully, is a vehicle for you to give your girlfriend or wife and say, like, look, these are female voices and they're talking about fun stuff. It's not always economics and I'm right and principled and, you know. I mean, I've partied with you, Ian, (laughs) a karaoke and everything else. (laughs) People seem to maybe kind of lose their roundedness when they get too into that stuff. And I think that's a huge turnoff for women. Yeah, and there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of aspects to sort of the the liberty mindset. A lot of people get into economics. You're absolutely right. A lot of people are into the the gun thing. And, you know, there's the, but it is at its base a moral movement. It's a movement where you don't use aggression against other people to achieve your goals. And that's where you get the women. Yeah. Because the women are more concerned about young people and old people. How does society take care of them? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, hugely why women don't go to libertarianism. And so we, I think, should focus more on like free aid, mutual aid, um, these organizations that help people just Outwardly, that is their goal, is to help people, because that's not how libertarians are seen. What are some of the other things that you guys have uh, covered on Sex, Lies, and Anarchy? I mean, you know, yeah, well, with a little taste test of, uh, of the show here. Um, uh, well, lot, last week was what? You, you just last said, week was Nice Guys. Yeah, Nice Guys. And what was the week before that? Um, was Come on, Mark. Do you that? remember what you talked about on Saturday? I don't know. <laughs> I just assumed she would. The lady on the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed uh, misandry because on the way to a what show, what is that? The misandry, like uh, thinking men are inferior. Okay. Oh, and interesting. As we, opposed to misanthropy, which is no, that's oh, dislike of humans. Oh, okay. uh, misogyny, misogyny is, is thinking, thinking women are inferior. Got it. Um, so we did that show. We were going to do another show about like security and guns and the zombie apocalypse or something like that. 
um, you know, hoarding food or what have you. But then in the car, Kelly, my co-host, called me a misogynist. I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't say that in a funny tone. Are you really? Oh, I know what tonight's show is about. It's <laughs> good. So, so do you guys? Yes. Uh, do you guys have a little bit of uh, some disagreements that get pretty heated on the air, and then you still friends afterwards? Uh, no, we're not actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make for a better show, I'm telling you. Uh, well, yeah, I know you guys fight like an old married couple. <laughs> Me and Candy might have some disagreements, and Kelly keeps us in line. Um, yeah, we're all very necessary on the show. So where, uh, where do people go to, to hear it? Uh, sexliesanarchy.com. Uh, also on Facebook, also on Twitter, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So the show's been going on for about a year now? Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Antigone. Always appreciate having you on Free Talk Live. Thank you. Sexlinesanarchy.com for more of Antigone and friends, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 855-453 is the toll-free number here. We're live at the 2012 Liberty Forum. We'll take your calls about anything. Also, got some other interesting folks to talk to, see what else, uh, who else is floating around here more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're here at the Liberty Forum 2012 edition. It's not too late for you to show up and join us. Uh, it's going all weekend long, all day tomorrow, and briefly on Sunday morning. So if you can get up sometime tomorrow, you probably should. If you love Liberty and you want to be with a bunch of other people that love it, then come on up and join the fun. You can get a one-day pass, come in, mill about, go to the uh, the various different sessions, and uh, also, I believe tomorrow the Alt Expo is going to be in this hotel. Oh, cool. uh, it's been kind of traveling around, as I understand, for the last few days. It's the kind of the alternative to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. So, what happened many years ago was, I think it was Jack uh, Shimmick is the guy that founded Alt Expo, and he looked at the lineup for the Liberty Forum and he said, you know, there's just not enough here that uh, I want to see, and I, th I think that uh, we need to see some more alternative discussions, alternative currencies, alternative uh, energy, uh, etc. And so they set up this Alt Expo, which happened in one of the hotel rooms, or I think it was two, one or two hotel rooms, where they kind of opened the, swung the door open between the two rooms, and people were, were going up and giving speeches, and uh, there was refreshments. So there was like a whole other counter event uh, that was happening, although it was more of like a complimentary counter event, because you could go back and forth between Fun. Uh, between the two. And uh, the Alt Expo is, is free to anybody that wanted to walk into it, unlike the, this event, which you do have to, uh, to pay to get a you know, pass to come into and see these, because it's, it's not cheap to put on a convention. You do have to cover your costs. And I think that the Free State Project is probably just about covering their costs on this, because it's pretty affordable to come here to the Liberty Forum. Uh, so go, go on over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more. Uh, you can get the, uh, the full schedule there, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. 
Mark? If you don't have enough time to uh, sit down with a book anymore, you're, well, you're like me. I just, uh, you know, I don't have the time to sit down, uh, carve the time out of my day, sit down with a book and, and read it from cover to cover like I used to. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. They've got every category that you would get at a major bookstore, whether it's uh, business, classics, fiction, erotica, history, science fiction. It's fast, easy, and affordable to download from Audible.com. I've done it. If I can do it, you can do it. I listen to audiobooks all the time, and have Audible makes it easy for me. So uh, get a free gold membership, and with that comes a download. So a free download from audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you go to that location, you get a free download. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook from audible.com. So we are surrounded with all kinds of interesting people here at the uh, 2012 Liberty Forum. Many of them are speaking, but some of them aren't. So there's just hundreds of people here that love liberty. And, of course, whenever you're around people that get it about freedom, it really results in interesting conversations and stuff you might otherwise not have a chance to talk about with uh, the average person who maybe doesn't understand the principles of liberty. So it's uh, it's great to be around here and always uh, talking to new folks. In this case, this guy's not that new to, to us, at least here, Mark, you and I. Uh, we've, we've talked to Michael Bolden before. And uh, he is the guy behind the Tenth Amendment Center. One of the guys behind the uh, the Tenth Amendment Center at tenth. Is it Tenth Amendment Center dot com? Oh, I should turn your mic. Mike, oh, help Mike. Oh, awesome. Mike, check one, two. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, the Tenth Amendment Center, you guys have been going around the country doing uh, many conventions, sort of, like, you know, the Liberty Forum, except one day, kind of. Tell me more about what the Nullify Now conferences are. Well, we basically have been touring the country since about uh, mid-2010, going from state to state and advocating that people do kind of what, uh, I guess, take Rosa Parks' advice when there's an unconstitutional, immoral, or unjust law, start saying no to it. And we believe that when enough people say no to the government, and maybe enough states will pass laws that back them up, uh, it's hard for government to, at least on the national level, to force their mandates and, and laws and regulations down our throats. Now, this has gone in a couple of different ways. I mean, the, with Obamacare, in, in one way, uh, there's some states that are passing provisions against Ob- Obamacare. And then and also with the, uh, the Real ID Act, there were states that just said, yep, we're not going to do that. Yeah, but you missed the best example. What's the Weed. Be- Weed is the number one example of this. We're a little hot here, right? You're right. All right. So marijuana, I think, is the best example. Back in 1996, people of California, where I live, decided that they wanted to allow uh, people to use marijuana or this plant uh, for certain medicinal purposes. The federal government said, oh, God, you can't do this supremacy clause. You're not allowed to do that. We're going to throw people in jail. They did. They bashed some heads. People resisted. They kept using it. And, uh, you know, eventually went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled against it. But now you've got 16 states that are basically saying, you know what, you have your ruling. You have your laws, but we're not going to abide by it. Yeah. It really takes that. It starts from the individual deciding, I'm not going to obey this immoral law. And then sometimes the states will get on board and start passing their own laws to back them up. You're going to be talking about this stuff tomorrow, I believe, right? Well, I guess a little bit. <laughs> uh, you're in the morning, so if you can get up to uh, Nashville, New Hampshire, if you happen to be in the New England area, uh, area Michael Bolden speaking at uh, 1045. Now, you've got tough competition, I have to admit. I'm going to get uh, crushed. Carlos Miller is speaking across from you, and he's the guy from uh, Photography's Not a Crime, just recently arrested in Miami for doing his job and you know taking pictures or running a video camera, basically, during an Occupy event. Uh, so it's, that's going to be a tough one to, to, uh, to choose from, I have let, to say. Let me 
tell you, so I don't know if you guys know how good you have it here in New Hampshire, <laughs> but, and I hear people talk about, okay, I've been to New Hampshire. It's awesome to see all these activists around. I felt this myself. I live in Los Angeles, so it's a huge difference. Mm. But the biggest the best way I can explain it, and Ian, I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, I was just at CPAC a couple of weeks ago, and this is the, the mainstream conservatives. Another and, huge liberty organization. Sure. <laughs> well, here, you know, you walk around the vendor tables and you see cop block and you see, you know, people moving silver or selling baklava, you know, unlicensed food dealers. Well, one of the vendor tables over at CPAC in D.C. a couple of weeks ago was advocating banning condoms. Oh, so, man. I mean, to go from, like, the conservative bastion and they're giving over here. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so exhilarating to to have that. You know that it's just so opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they do care about liberty here. That's that's for certain. And it's across the board as well. Now, now you've been to a lot of different places. Uh, I think you had one in Austin, one of your nullify Nullif yeah. Nullif conferences. Yeah. Austin's kind of like a hotbed uh, for for at least to some extent of liberty act. It's I mean, kind of like L.A. Is really? What is that? Yeah, mean? a lot of hipsters and a lot of it's okay with government controlling you type thing. But there is a bastion of people, but it's a pretty large city. Uh, so, I mean, you can have a lot of activists, but it doesn't have a lot of local effect. Which is why a lot of us are here. Mark Probably. and myself come from Florida, and it's just you can't have an effect in a place like that. Uh, here in New Hampshire, you got 1.5 million people across the entire state, and that might even be on the high end. Maybe it's more like 1, 1. 1.4 something. But uh, here in a little place like Keene or even in Manchester, one person can make much more of a splash than they can anywhere else. So when that one person says no to the government and you know nullifies personally, it, it has more of an impact. It can have more of an impact when you're in a smaller place. Sure. And when I go around the country and I talk to conservatives, which those are the ones that tend to like the Tenth Amendment these days. I mean, back when we started, when uh, George Bush was in office, it was a lot of lefties that liked mm -hmm. the idea that we wanted limited federal government. We didn't want the, the wars. We didn't like the Patriot Act and things like as that. As long but, as their guy isn't it. Yeah, of yeah, course. Right. Now they're fine with all that garbage. But... You know, I go around the country and I'll talk to real hardcore conservatives and I'll talk to them about weed, telling them, hey, you know what, here's a great thing that you can do. Now, can you apply this to your, your gun laws? Are you going to are you going to ask permission to carry your gun? I mean, the weed smokers have been courageous. They've been doing this without permission for a long time. And in some states, they get it, per, get permission. Now, maybe you can have the backbone of a of a pot smoker and I'll they get you, it. It's not quite as uh, it's not quite the same comparison, though. When Why? You, carry, you get you get yourself a, a quarter ounce of weed. You know, maybe a couple of days in jail, a little sodomy. You should have been in Los Angeles years over. Uh, you should have been in L.A. after after the cannabis was legalized for for medicinal purposes because they came down and they busted hard and mm -hmm. people were locking arms at the dispensaries wow. and there was real standoffs that was happening there. Excellent. And I think people who downplay the concept isn't aren't recognizing how much. I think we all recognize here that government wants to control us no matter what. And so when you actually can get away with kind of defying them, they're going to be really aggressive after you and they were very aggressive in the early days of medical marijuana in california so i, I it doesn't seem like it's it's equal but i think anytime you defy these guys on a large scale in a state as big as california you're going to get some backlash michael bolden can you stick with us yeah, yeah. Uh, okay i don't want to pull you away from dinner you oh. right, i picked more, out great more coming up here with michael bolden from the 10th amendment center 10th amendment center.com uh, you can learn more about it there but we'll talk to michael further and maybe you've got a question as well about nullification personally, on a personal level, and at a state level. 855-450-FREE is the number here. 1-855-450-3733. We're live from the 2012 Liberty Forum.
This is Free Talk Live, and we are here at the 2012 Liberty Forum. Glad to be back. It's been a couple of years since they've had one, and that's due to some organizer issues. But now the main man, Chris Lawless, back in uh, the house taking care of things, uh, putting this event together, and it's been great thus far. More people showing up now uh, than, you know, every day it just seems to get more and more people uh, showing up to this event and enjoying each other's company. Uh, right now, many people are in, I guess, uh, whatever the, you know, Mark, I I think of all the years we've been here, I've never been to one of the the, uh, the banquet dinners that How they would have. we? We're always on the air right, we're from always 7 on the to air. 10. But Din- dinner is served from it's, uh, after 7 o'clock. Of we course did we get the food, and the food is very, very good. I think we, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, things went well. It's been many times in the past, they just forgot about us completely, so, you know, we're fine. And I like, you know, we've been to these conventions, and the radio conventions, so we know what these hotel dinners are like. They're, you know, kind of fancy and... But this isn't exactly a fancy convention. I mean, people can can show up here if the weather was nice in shorts and a T-shirt. I mean, there's no dress code uh, here. Uh, Michael Bolden is joining us from the Tenth Amendment Center at tenthamendmentcenter.com. And uh, you know, Michael, you just got back, I think, from uh, from the dinner table, and uh, I believe uh, Peter Schiff is uh, is the keynote speaker tonight. We had him on briefly at the top of the program. But the the real you know nice part about these banquet dinners and the the luncheons or the buffet luncheon uh, that we had today is that you usually end up sitting at the table with at least a few people that you don't know. And uh, that means that you get to meet some folks. It, it kind of puts you in a position where you, if you aren't maybe as social, uh, it kind of puts you in a position where you can be more social and, and meet somebody. So were you sitting with all people that you knew today, or was it, were there some new folks there? Okay. There were some divisions at our table. Oh, really? I was able to sit next to John Bush, good friend, uh, mm-hmm. Pete Ear. Pete Ayer, Ayer, and then, confusing. and I never have met, but I'm, you know, I feel like I come here and I'm fans of all these people, so I get to hang out with them. Uh, a demo Freeman, right? right a demo. A demo. Yeah. So I, I got a chance to meet him and chat with him. And a he uses bit. a fork too, right? Uh, he used his hands. Uh, yeah, I figured. He, when he dove in natural style, yeah. we're getting all earthy here tonight. He's uh, anarcho primitivist. <laughs> Yeah, Damo's a great, uh, great activist. Again, a couple of guys uh, from out in the Keene area, and that's where they've chosen to uh, to make their home, uh, their base of operations. Uh, so you get to meet him, and it's just great being here because you get to meet not only the people that uh, that you hear maybe on the air with Free Talk Live, but also uh, the people you'll see on various different blog sites within the Liberty Movement. Copblock.org, of course, is where Pete and Adamo are from. Uh, but uh, there's great vendors and then just folks that you know don't have their own blog but still have interesting stories to tell and uh, good questions to ask and things like that. I'm really happy anytime I'm at a place where I feel like a moderate. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm going around the country advocating people violating almost every law uh, that the federal government has ever passed, and that's not taking it very far compared to a lot of the people that are here. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of a wuss, you know, so that's, that's really cool. What is it that uh, you've done today that is worth, uh, you know, Maybe if you were telling somebody over the phone what you did, what what would you uh, f- highlight as a something that you enjoyed? Okay, I'm a, I'm an ass kisser, but it's I was on Free Talk Live. Oh, you. <laughs> so okay, we were talking in the during the break, and I think you said something that was really important. And we were comparing the activists, um, you know, in the '90s around marijuana, quote unquote, legalization um, in in California to. You know, so like other ty- other types of uh, people that want to see the the government loosen its restrictions. What do you, uh, tell me? Tell me some of your thoughts there. The big one that I notice is everywhere I go is the the gun rights activists, and it may be different here in New Hampshire, but I notice a lot of the the gun activists are like all law and order, and like okay, well we don't like the fact that we have to get permission to own a gun, that we have to get permission to, to protect ourselves, that we have to get another piece of permission to open carry. 
but they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and they wait until they get permission before, you know, the laws have to be changed. No laws are going to be violated by us, but we're going to mm. work through the political process. Where the weed right. smokers, well, I think they're courageous because they're just, every time someone lights a joint, they're effectively nullifying uh, all kinds of laws when they get away with it. And more people get away with it, obviously, than not. And I think if more and more people took that attitude about issues that were important to them, we have a lot, we'd have a lot more freedom. Well, how many times have you seen uh, the gun owners, and I would love to see the gun owners step up, right, and, and start doing these things, but how many times have you seen uh, gun owners get together in a large group, as we've seen here in New Hampshire, uh, in front of the Statehouse, where, unlike California, Weed is it, the the government here is not friendly toward weed. This is one of the, you know New Hampshire may be one of the the freest of the, of the states, but as far as but the, they do not free the weed. No, and as far as the drug state policy, owned alcohol stores, are weird that's too. awful. Uh, but as far as drug policy is concerned, they've got a bill in on the state um, state monopoly on liquor. The, what, there's a bill in a bill a bill. What well, does that it, mean? Nothing has happened yet. What is the bill about? The bill is to allow grocery stores to sell liquor. Like that'd be a huge deal. Like that, they do in Maine. If that actually happened. That'd be a big deal. Uh, but in the surrounding states in New England, the uh, the penalties for marijuana possession are less. So this is one of the more draconian northeastern states. And hopefully we'll see that change. There's also a bill, as Mark Warden told us last night, to decrim uh, less than half an ounce of marijuana. And that actually passed the, uh, the, the House committee, as I understand it. So that's a good thing. It's a good sign. We're moving in the right direction. Yep. But in the meantime, it's still pretty illegal to have some marijuana. And so hundreds of people uh, out in front of the State House smoking cannabis openly. It's awesome. Uh, the police did absolutely nothing about it. It was awesome, and it continues to be awesome because it happens twice a year in front of the State House. In Keene, it's happened hundreds of times right. in the, the Central Square. Uh, how many times do you see gun owners gathering together to do a mass open carry in yeah. front of a state house where it might be illegal? Some states it's it's illegal to open carry, as I understand it. Uh, how often does that happen? It never does. I mean, and I well, the story I was sharing was I spoke at an event called the Gun Rights Policy Conference a couple of years ago. It was the 25th an, annual one, and I basically gave them the story of the courageous pot smokers. And at the end, I challenged them all. I said, you know, the next time somebody wants to, uh, you know, make you get permission to to carry your gun or to own a gun, ask yourself this question: Do you have the same courage? as the pot smokers and it was dead silent for a second i'm like oh god these people are going to be mad and they then someone guns. caught it yeah yeah they, they they got it and they they did cheer so i think they get the message when it's it's put to them that look hey you guys are just sitting around you know talking about how you want to be free but not really doing something it really requires doing yeah and it's and funny too when you're talking about the i mean when you talk about the law the second amendment says you know congress shall make no law right and then you look at the state laws and they all say something very similar that you're free to own guns and that kind of thing. So you're talking about the highest law in the land, and they've got all these other peripheral laws that uh, you know somehow temper that law and, and, and to some extent temper it to the point that you can't have it at all. And those laws are lesser laws than the greater law, which says that Congress shall make no law. Yeah, well, a government never follows its own rules, and we know that. Nope. So no matter what restrictions you put on the federal government, you're, this is coming from a Tenther guy. You know, I'm a Tenth Amendment guy, but I recognize that those limits that were put on the federal government will never be followed. They're not followed on a state level. They're not followed on a local no. level. It really requires people saying, we're not going to allow you to cross this Absolutely. line that, that's been put on paper. And without people doing that, voting the bums out just gets you more laws that are either ignored or imposed on you. Now, um, you, when you do these uh, Tenth Amendment uh, nullify, nullify Now uh, conventions, Thomas Woods uh, is featured in a great deal of them? Yeah, Tom is in almost all of them. Kevin Gutzman, uh, Sheriff Mack uh, speaks at a number of them. Stuart Are you Rose paying them papers. to come to, to yes. these? <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty big, you know, it's a serious deal, right? Like, you, you've got some good fundraising you have to be doing for this. So when you were talking about this event here, Liberty Forum, you know, they're, they're probably close to paying the bills. I mean, I feel that pain. It is mm -hmm. a lot of work, but it's important to get people together. 
together because if we're all just, you know, typing away on Facebook or, you know, emailing and sending out faxes or whatever people do, I don't know, you know, it's until people get together and you get that energy and it really motivates people to actually do things. And so it's important to go to, to events like this. Yeah, Ian's a big faxer activist. <laughs> Facts. Did I really say facts? Uh, 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 I haven't even used a pen in like two years. What am I talking can, about faxes? Here's how you do your faxing activism. Uh, you, you fax uh, black construction paper to your local rep. Uh, All 400. like them. If you do that, if you don't like them. I don't mean your state rep. Oh, the U.S. U.S. rep. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, so again, Michael Bolden here from TenthAmendmentCenter.com. You actually do your own radio show. We've got a lot, lots of radio hosts uh, on with us here Thank tonight. you, LRN.FM. Yeah, you are featured in the uh, the podcast loop over at LRN.FM. But uh, what is the radio show called? Where is it focused? It's called Tenth of Radio. It's based out of Los Angeles, my apartment. And we have some rotating co-hosts, and, and we have people on like Tom Woods or Sheriff Mack and Stuart Rhodes and all these guys that come out on tour. And we basically kind of monitor the resistance to various things. So, for example, we been focusing on state and local resistance to federal kidnapping powers that were passed in the NDAA, and mm. we see a lot of that activity actually popping up within just weeks of that law being signed. Law, I guess I'll put that in quotes, mm. being signed. So we just kind of monitor stuff that's going on in this Tenther movement. Now, uh, Bryce Shanka, another guy with the Tenth Amendment Center, is he on the, the show too? No, Bryce actually does a lot of the production uh, with another guy named John Michaels. They do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, the direction of, of the content on the and show. Folks and folks can download that at TenthAmendmentCenter.com. Or LRN.FM. Well, you can't really download you can't. it from I didn't LRN. Know that. Okay, I guess I LRN is just a, a live show okay. propagation method, but we link to your right. site. And so ra- radio.TenthAmendmentCenter.com is Perfect. where you go. Perfect. Hey, so last thoughts here as we wrap out this hour. We've got a whole third hour to come and more folks to talk to. I think Jody Emery is going to join us from CannabisCulture.com. Cool lady. Um, but, you know, your impressions of this event, it's your first time at the uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's the coolest. Th- I mean, again, I can only say that I was at CPAC two weeks ago where people wanted to, to ban condoms or ban homosexuality, all kinds of, like, crazy aggressive stuff, bomb brown people. And to be here is so refreshing, yeah. so empowering, so exhilarating. It's, uh, it's awesome. We've got condoms and gay people here. Uh, at And people of all sorts of colors. Yep. No all right, one so getting bombed. Michael Bolden, uh, thank you for coming on. TenthAmendmentCenter.com. There's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. Still time for you and your thoughts. You can bring up whatever's on your mind hour number three is on the way we're live from the 2012 liberty forum where do you want to go today it's the 1000 places travel minute with patricia schultz renowned travel expert and author of the number one new york times bestseller 1000 places to see before you die with one more place to add to your traveler's life list italy's amalfi coast is one of my thousand places to see before you die this stunningly beautiful Amalfi Drive is a 30-mile stretch of hairpin curves that unfurls between Amalfi and Sorrento in southern Italy. One of those towns is tiny, picturesque Amalfi, once the heart of a powerful maritime republic as early as the 9th century. A hint of the east shows up in its Duomo di Sant'Andrea, simply called Il Duomo. Other places that beg you to linger are Ravello, perched a thousand feet above Amalfi and aptly described as the place where poets go to die. The hazy outline of Mount Vesuvius dominates the view from Clifftop Sorrento, favored among 19th century British travelers for its mild winters. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. 
Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. This is Free Talk Live. We are broadcasting live from the Liberty Forum, the 2012 edition of it. Uh, we're here in Nashua, New Hampshire at the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel, surrounded by hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are here to enjoy each other's company and see great speeches and uh, participate in panel discussions. There was a couple panels, a few panels this afternoon. I was on the civil disobedience panel. There, following that, there was the running for office in the free state, which was pretty interesting. I caught, uh, was able to catch some of that, uh, where some people who've been elected uh, to state representative positions and such uh, were giving tips and suggestions and uh, hard-earned, you know, war stories about you know being uh, out in the trenches of politics and uh, really giving some useful information to folks that were considering running for office here in New Hampshire. Uh, and then beyond that, there was the uh, Agora in the Free State, which uh, took some folks that have been involved maybe in outside-the-system businesses, businesses that uh, are like, our, like our friend Mandrick, uh, who makes baklava and other tasty goodies for folks without begging any permission from any governmental authorities. So Mandrick was on the panel and a number of others, uh, so talking about how to expand that uh, that sort of uh, level of activism, because to some extent it is active. If you're doing it for the purpose of undermining the state, then uh, then it is activism. And uh, so that was, I think there was some useful information uh, given there. Tomorrow, there's going to be uh, what they call a free-for-all. Now, this is going to be new uh, at, the, at the Liberty Forum. I believe it's going to be like an unconference. I think Alt-Expo might be involved as well, this alternative conference that is kind of going on at the same time. So that's going to be something a little bit different. Uh, also, tomorrow speaking, Jody Emery will, uh, will be here from CannabisCulture.com. Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime. Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. We just spoke to him in the last hour, uh, as well as many others. You can go to FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum to get the full list of speakers and learn more about them. Uh, but, it's, again, it's not all about the speakers. It's about some of the people you can meet while you're here. Speaking of the speakers, uh, one of the big names, Peter Schiff, is uh, speaking right now. As a matter of fact, I just pulled uh, Jason Sorens, who's the founder of the Free State Project, out of uh, the, the Peter Schiff uh, speech. And Jason, I'm sorry uh, you, you, you got to miss out there. But, you know, you're the guy, essentially, who came up with the idea for the Free State Project. You're responsible for this big mess. Well, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty damn proud. Uh- <laughs> Good. So, uh, you know, you, you look around. Did you ever imagine things like this? I mean, you know, Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine coming all the way across the country to speak at uh, the Liberty Forum. I mean, what, 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 were you, what do you think when you think about this? Yeah, I, I could never have imagined this when, when writing the essay. When we were first starting out, the first couple of years, it was almost an Internet-only organization, mm-hmm. right? We were scattered all over the country, a few thousand of us, and uh, we never got to see each other until the first uh, events in 2003. There was an escape to New Hampshire. There was something in Montana, and people finally started to, to meet face-to-face. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, you can write down these numbers, 20,000. We're going we're to try to recruit all these people. 20,000 was the number that you decided is what you needed to, to affect a change in, um, you know, a, a small state. Yeah. And, um, you know, what do you think about that 20,000 number now? I regret 
putting uh, twenty thousand in that into that essay because we don't we need a thousand now. We got a thousand and things are happening. The really snowball's happening. rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really getting attention from lots of people. I mean, pe- I hear it from. People in D.C. I hear it from academic, mm. libertarian academics, they're, even they're news saying, media. I mean, yeah. the Huffington Post just reporting on uh, what was going on with a Bearcat uh, attack out in in Keene. I mean, so across uh, across all kinds of different spectrums. I'd love to have the twenty thousand, but I can see yeah. that a thousand is making things happen. But, but it is interesting to to see how one idea has blossomed into so much, and he hasn't make a penny off of it. No, he hasn't. <laughs> but he, he does have a book, and we should talk about that. Yes, I, wanted, I, I snatched it up immediately today upon seeing it. I, um, Mary, is a, uh, your wife, is a good friend of my wife. And um, you know, so I was over there chatting, and I, I saw that you know, your name was on the book. And I'm like, oh, I've got to have this. Uh, will you sign it for me? And it's called? Secessionism. Really? I love the title. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you're on the right show. Um, and will you go, now, I, I did get a chance to page through it, and it appears as though a good quarter of it is uh, notes. Uh, but, you know, what do they call these? Footnotes, afternotes, something like that, to make sure that uh, folks you know, know that you're telling the truth? Yeah, endnotes, appendix, index, all that stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a proper academic book. What, um, what will people find out? From, what will I find out when I read this book? You'll find out um, what secessionists do in order to succeed at seceding. So, <laughs> you, so is this, uh, does this look at uh, previous secession movements, and uh, which, ones, which ones do we look at? It looks at the contemporary world. So post-World War II, the whole world, okay. um, what causes secession movements to emerge, what causes them to gain strength, and then what consequences do they have for either violence or decentralization. And the argument I make in the second half of the book is that governments can avoid violence and promote decentralization if they legalize secession. Now, um, I, I was watching one of these TEDs. You know what I'm talking about? The t- mm-hmm. technology, education, design, uh, these videos that you can see on the Internet. And the guy was talking about, I think it was uh, post pre-World War One Europe, and he was talking about how many nations there were, and there were like 100. And then, uh, you know, they, they kept moving, it kept on moving down the line. He's like, well, now there's, what, 200 and 20 or something. I don't know. It depends on who you, who you ask as to how many nations there are. It's not the easiest question to ask. So, I mean, really, the world is uh, sectionizing. I mean, mm-hmm. is that kind of the, some of the things you look at? Yeah, the, the, the number of states in the world has increased. A lot of that was decolonization, mm-hmm. uh, colonial empires breaking up. A lot of it has been secession, too. We see uh, I mean, some examples of secession include the breakup of Yugoslavia, the breakup of the Soviet Union, uh, Eritrea seceding from Ethiopia, Bangladesh. That went well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so how many of these are nonviolent? I mean, because when you bring yeah. up secession today, a frequent response from people who don't support the idea or maybe would support it but are afraid is, oh, my God, they're going to roll in tanks. We tried this before. It didn't work. People got killed. Civil war, 600,000 people dead, brother killing brother. Yeah. Has this happened? Has secession happened around the world without violence? Yes, absolutely. Look at Czechoslovakia. I'll they look at it. it. You tell me about it. They call it, they call it the Velvet Divorce. Okay. In 1993, Czechoslovakia decided that uh, the, the, each side was negotiating, the Czech side and the Slovak side. They decided they couldn't agree on a new constitution to bring both sides together, so they decided peacefully to go their separate ways. And now mm-hmm. they're, they're allies. They're both in the European Union. They're both in NATO. They're... They're friendly. 
Great. Uh, yeah. Now, one, one I've had a question about, I just found out about this re- recently, is apparently Greenland seceded from Denmark in like 2006. Now, you know, we do a show where huh. we, fo- we focus on uh, secession all the time. Slipped right by me. Big giant island out there in the uh, North Atlantic slid, slid right past me. Well, they're not independent. Okay. But they, they obtained self-government. Okay. Uh, but, That's but, not yeah. the same thing. Not the same thing. Okay. But, well, what's the difference in that? <clears throat> well, self-government is sort of Can a Can I get that in New Hampshire? It yeah. sounds good. Well, so I'd like it at my house. That's right. <laughs> no, I think I think actually this is a, a promising way forward in the U.S. because of the the uh, impressions that people get when you talk about secession. <clears throat> you can talk about things that sound better to people, like self-government. Um, you can say, no, we don't want to secede, at least not not right now. But we want full self-government for New Hampshire. What that would mean is feds out of drug policy, feds out of Social Security and Medicare and health care and Everything else, like let, that. let New Michael, Hampshire handle that. Michael Bolden might call it nullification. That's right. So people can keep the flag and the, uh, the, the eagle. They like those things. And then they can just get rid of all the other crap that goes with D.C. <laughs> exactly. Saw off all the, the dirty politicians. We yeah. can still call ourselves Americans if that's what you want and have all this. Maybe you know. secession isn't such a, uh, a bad term, though. I mean, we saw a study, probably like a mm, scientific survey of some sort. I think it was a couple of years ago now, maybe a year or so ago. And I don't remember if it was Zog. Zog- one of, was one of those polling organizations where they, you know, did a scientific phone poll and they called people, and it was one out of five that supported right. secession. Now, using the term secession, like these guys were ready to go. Uh, I think I feel like twenty percent in favor of secession as we speak is a fairly good starting point, don't you? It's a, I think it's a good starting point. But here's the here's the deal. What they found, they did this polling in subsequent years, and what they found is that in uh, 2006, I think, was the first time they did this poll, mm-hmm. and uh, it was something like 40% of self-described liberals and Democrats favored secession. It was something like 10%. When Bush was in office? Yes, it was yeah, about 10% okay. of Republicans. And then two years later, they did the same poll, and it was exactly the reverse. <laughs> so predictable. Uh, yeah. Right? It's just partisan, you know, fear uh, about oh, the other guy in the White House. And well, so I think extent- to move beyond that, we need to create a cross party cross-ideological coalition. To some extent, I mean, that's essentially what they could have, though. Because, I mean, most there's blue states out there, there's red states out there, and you could have your color state. You don't have to be bothered by that guy in the White House anymore. Sounds like a fine yeah. idea. And the more we can talk about it, the better. The more books that are written about it, the better. Uh, Jason Sorens, the book is called Secessionism. It is available through Amazon. You can get that. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Click into the Amazon links. Again, Jason Sorens, the book is Secessionism. Thanks for coming on. Founder Thanks, of the guys. Project. There's more coming up here from the Liberty Forum. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and we're here at the 2012 Liberty Forum, and we'll be here again tomorrow night live, uh, bringing you interesting people uh, with which to discuss various different liberty-oriented things. And also, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. You can, of course, join us online over at freetalklive.com and all the features there we give away. You can enjoy various different things uh, like our bulletin board system, the chat room as well. Uh, the chat room, by the way, built into the same page as our webcam. If you're trying to watch the webcam tonight, you will not be successful because we're not in our normal studio. But the cam's audio is still there, so you can still listen through uh, through the cam. And the chat room's there at all, all times. Even if we're not on the air, the chat room's open over at cam.freetalklive.com. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, and not just any boat, a life yacht. Life Yacht is a stable catamaran as big as a house that purify that will purify its own water, generate its own food, uh, excuse me, generate its own power, and to some extent grow its own food. It has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. With a Life Yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved in this exciting project for $1,000 and the commitment of as little as eight months. Visit ericksoncouncil.com. Not too many places you can get a $1,000 house. ericksoncouncil.com. All right, so uh, we'll continue here. Special guests all in and out throughout the show here this evening, and it looks like people are piling out at some point here from the uh, the dinner. The audience is getting a little bit larger uh, out in the uh, the, uh, the viewing room, I guess you want to call it that, viewing slash listening room. Uh, so I always appreciate everybody coming by to say hello. And saying hello with us on the third mic right now is somebody that we've uh, had on the show a number of times over the years, and it's always a pleasure talking to you, uh, Jody. Also a pleasure talking to your husband, uh, Mark, when he's not sitting in a cage as he currently is right now. Jody Emery from CannabisCulture.com, formerly a physical print magazine, now turned, uh, as many print publications have, our, our talkers, uh, talk radio industry publication talkers, just printed their last uh, issue recently, but they're online now, and you guys are online over at CannabisCulture.com. Uh, I don't know where to begin. Let's get an update on Mark. Your husband Mark is, uh, is in jail, he's in prison, federal prison, and has been there now for well over a year. Has it been a year and a half? Yeah, since 2010, May 2010. May, so coming up on two full years out of a five-year prison sentence, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. And he's in there for the dastardly crime of selling seeds to other consenting human beings over the Internet from Canada. So he's in a U.S. federal prison. Canada extradited him from Canada sent him down here to be jailed for this, you know, non-crime. And he's been taken to a jail that is even, for, you know, initially was in a jail that was right across from Vancouver in the Seattle yeah, area. Yeah, for his pre-trial since he was in Seattle. And then they decided to take him even further away from his loving wife. Sent and him to a private prison in Georgia. Is that where he still is? Or he he was there, and then he got transferred after blogging about the horrific conditions in private prisons. So Geo Group, which Anonymous actually just shut down their website today, oh, I read. So uh, uh, Geo Group, the private yeah, yeah. prison company, uh, they they were quite upset about Mark blogging, and they shipped him out, and he's in a medium security federal facility, the only Canadian there. And, wow. um, and probably the only guy selling seeds, right? <laughs> yes, like a medium security prison. We need guys in gun towers for a man who sells seeds. 
And, of course, Mark, he sold seeds, true, but so do many others who don't right. face the wrath of the U.S. government. Right. And the Drug Enforcement Administration made clear on the day of his arrest in the press release they didn't even mention seeds once, but they mentioned that he was the leader of a legalization movement, that he gave yeah. money to legalization activists, that there's one less pot of money to rely on, and uh, they, they're full of all those awful puns. Um, but you can see the actual DEA document at freemark.ca. That's Mark with a C. And Mark blogs from prison as well, so he has Excellent. reports on there. Well, that's one of the things that, that I've noticed uh, doing activism is that the people who threaten the legitimacy of the state are the real criminals in the state's eyes. Uh, they're the ones that are the danger because, like you said, there's all kinds of people selling seeds. They went after Mark because he took his profits and rolled them back into the movement, taking the money that he earned, millions of dollars selling seeds online, he doesn't have much to show for the, those millions personally because he took it and gave it to, you know, liberty movements and, you know, yeah. legalization movements and, Over and helped $4 million dollars to legalize medical marijuana in a number of states. He's still living in an apartment, and, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Mark has, uh, well, he's going to have to declare bankruptcy when he comes home because he has oh, over $300,000 in debt to the Canadian Revenue Agency because even though he paid half a million dollars on income tax while he sold seeds as a seed seller, and they encourage that, when he was arrested with only $11 in his bank account because he spent it all as soon as it came in, uh, the government has been taxing the unpaid uh, bill on that. So, oh, yeah. you know, we still, he still has a lot of debt. And even Cannabis Culture Magazine, you mentioned, we stopped printing in mm -hmm. 2009. That was due to the seed business being put out. Also, Mark's impending imprisonment. We, we knew that it was coming. He had made a plea deal. And the publishing industry took a huge hit. Uh, our distribution got cut by half when one company went out of business. And so there's a lot of debt still from printing and distribution. Can people help you with that? Uh, well, we just decided to put CC to rest um, in terms of that and you know the printing company's okay with that we but i mean the debt like you know paying oh, paid well, on the debt i don't like, expect people to help pay off that debt no. but if they if they, if they want to give money at all mark can use it for his prison commissary that's always uh, helpful phone calls are 38 cents a minute yeah. to me and you know, there's cost you think he was emails. dialing venus yeah. i mean 38 yeah. cents a yeah. minute prison. you could call india three cents a minute yeah well, that's that's jail for you i mean they they get you every which way they possibly can as far as making money off you now you just came uh, from seeing him you went kind of made a loop and you went down to see him then he came up the uh, the east coast uh, i mean how's he doing uh, you know is he is are his spirits going well oh, his spirits are generally really good he's always been very positive no that's matter good. his circumstances so that's helped out a lot we both try and see um only the good things in life you know some people Great. compare themselves to those who have more and they're always miserable because of it yep. we compare ourselves to those who have far less and you always feel grateful um just to be able to see and to know that we love each other to still be in north america he's not in prison in some uh, real third world country, right? right? You know? Could be worse. It, is, oh, it could always be worse. And so as long as you live saying it could always be worse, then uh, you'll be all right. What are the so. chances that he's going to be able to be transferred out? I know at one time when we've had you on in the past, you were talking about getting some kind of a re-extradition. Yeah, 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 Canada and the U.S. trade our prisoners back and forth, typically. Uh, in fact, though, the U.S. government has been reprimanding Canada's government, saying... You know, we have an agreement. You're supposed to take Canadians back, but the conservative government, our very, very evil, um, anti-liberty conservative mm -hmm. government in Canada, has been refusing transfer requests from drug offenders because oh. they want them to suffer in the U.S. prison system. Oh, so man. Mark did apply for transfer, and typically... The U.S. has been sending back Canadians, but in Mark's situation last year, he got a refusal from the U.S. Department of Justice, 
who basically said, we, you know, we want to teach him a lesson and he's not getting uh, out that quick. Right? We like so, you. We're going to keep you. Yeah. So Mark is there. He's there for another few years, probably. Yeah, his early release date is July 9th, 2014, and that's 85% wow. of the five-year sentence. So a couple more, a couple more years at least. Yeah, we're now, about halfway. <laughs> I, letters make a difference. When you're in jail, I mean, I was in for 58 days last year for standing in front of a police car, and letters make a huge difference. When people are sending you mail, you know you're not forgotten, right. plus it gives you something to do. Uh, with your with your time, people can write through uh, freemark.ca. The address information yep, is all there. The mailing address is there, and he, Mark does try and write back to every person who writes to him. Of and he course. says, "I never want to send anything less than five pages at the least." You know, <laughs> because I feel like I owe them that. Wow. So, the time. so if you do write to Mark, or you have written to Mark and you haven't heard back, you're in his pile to get back He'll to. Get um, so he does appreciate those kind words of support. But Jody, if you, thank you. We are short on time. Oh, that's but all right. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, freemark.ca. That's Mark with a C. Absolutely. Freemark with a C dot C, uh, dot C-A, write to him. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. For sure, and thanks. This is Free Talk Live, and we are here live at the 2012 Liberty Forum. So glad to be here, surrounded, as usual, by like-minded, liberty-oriented people who, as uh, as we speak, are enjoying each other's company out in the uh, the viewing area here in the, the basement, in the bowels of the uh, Crown Plaza Hotel. Actually, it's it's actually ended up being a better, I think, a better location than, uh, than the last place we were. It used to be on the first floor, which is obviously better for walk-by traffic, but... Uh, now we got the you know we've got our monitor speaker out there so people can easily hear what we're talking about in here which is nice so it, it we pretty much own the uh, the whole basement uh, it's if you're on the basement level and at the uh, the Liberty Forum you probably are here to listen to Free Talk Live and or perhaps Pork Therapy uh, which will be coming up a little bit later on also over available at uh, LRN.FM. So, uh, our number here, 855-453, is the number. We'll try to slip your calls in uh, as uh, as they are there and. We've also got interesting people to talk to. We're going to continue with one of those interesting folks here in a moment. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle it for you. They do uh, accounts receivable. They do early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. They do collections. Uh, their employees are trained in resolving issues for your clients, treating them with respect. You can find out more by checking out the banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand right hand side of the page. Got a brand-new website over there at uh, SACL CAI. And lots of uh, radio hosts coming on with us here tonight. We've had uh, a number of them this evening, and we've got yet another one, one who uh, has been uh, you know, on the program a number of times in the past, certainly not an unfamiliar face here at the, uh, the Liberty Forum. In fact, you know, uh, Chris Lawless, the organizer of the forum, was telling me that every year they try to bring as many new faces in as possible, new speakers. You, John Bush, may be one of the only repeat speakers, if not the only repeat speaker uh, at the, the Liberty Forum all I can think of. this year. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head as far as who else is here. They are all newbies, uh, from what I can tell. You, old hat, you've been to this event before. You've been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and they brought you in to be uh, the opening speaker this morning. John Bush from uh, RiseUpRadio.com, very active down in the Austin, Texas area. We were talking about Austin earlier tonight with Michael Bolden from uh, Tenth Amendment Center. And uh, welcome back to Free Talk Live, John. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate uh, all you guys are doing up here. What were you talking about this morning? Because unfortunately I had uh, some work to catch up on, so I had to jet out uh, before your speech. So I didn't get to see it. I understand somebody recorded it, so it is available online. I'm not sure how people can get to it. Maybe you know that or maybe you don't. 
Uh, my buddy Danny Panzella, I believe, did a Ustream at yes. uh, Ustream.com slash Occupy the Fed. Perfect. So it should be there, and there are other people recording as well. That Ustream, We'll have it on YouTube soon. Ustream. Is it .com or .tv? Ustream. Ustream.com. Ustream.tv. Ustream.tv slash Occupy the Fed. Perfect. So they can see your speech. But what? give, give us, uh, listeners, a summary. What was it about? Uh, the lowdown, essentially I compared uh, Agenda 21, which is a United Nations plan to uh, use environmentalism to create all sorts of controls and essentially create a, a totalitarian collectivist world dictatorship. I compared that with a new uh, project I'm working on called Agora 21. So essentially it's a, a big picture, long-term strategy that liberty activists can implement in order to create a free society using a counter-economic approach in the 21st century. And the first part of the speech was essentially uh, uh, what I call shredding the Constitution and, and pointing out how the Constitution actually created less freedom than there existed before the Constitution. Not to mention there's all sorts of sections, Article 1, Section 8, the ability to tax, the ability to take out credit on the backs of the American public, the ability to suspend habeas corpus, the ability to call up the militia to re repel invasions. And then I offered a, an alternative and, and went over a few different institutions, uh, the institution of competing defense, competing justice, competing communication as well, and pointed out a lot of different activities that activists are taking across the country, uh, highlighted some of the stuff y'all are doing with uh, Pork 411 and, and other alternative institutions up here in New Hampshire. And then in the end, just instilled hope for people and tried to dispel a lot of the fear that exists with the coercion of the state. A lot of people are afraid, uh, and they have every right to be afraid. And sure. I'm afraid, too. It's a scary world they out hurt there. hurt people. For sure. They hurt people and lock them away for a long time. But I wanted to uh, encourage people to be more bold and have faith in the fact that there's a large community of individuals that's growing that are willing to stand up and put their neck on the line to defend one another. And I think... Uh, as we grow community, people will be more empowered to take that next step towards uh, peaceful civil disobedience. Well, that's one of the things we were talking about today, uh, the civil disobedience panel that I was on with Jason Talley and Pete Ayer, uh, a couple guys that certainly are no stranger to uh, the world of civil disobedience, is that when you get people together, it helps encourage others. So it's really scary when you're all alone. You're living in, you know, Sarasota, Florida, which is where I'm from. And, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a couple guys around that consider themselves liberty-minded, but they're not going to put their, anything on the line. Yeah. They're not going to take any risks. When you get around other people that are willing to take a risk, stand up. And like you recently, uh, you were with a friend. You refused to stop recording a cop on the streets of Austin. You got arrested for it. Your friend mm -hmm. was arrested as well. Mm -hmm. I think it was him with a video camera. But uh, either way, you guys both got arrested because you didn't do what the cop said as quickly as he wanted you to do it, which yeah. is like cross a street and go over to another arbitrary plot of land. Totally arbitrary. Uh, but you know, when you when you've got other people there who are willing to back you up, mm -hmm. it helps with that courage factor. And then the more people that are encouraged, the more people are encouraged, and so forth, so on and so forth. I mean, it's a it's a building, uh, flowing process for sure. Yeah. And one of the messages I ended with is that there's strength in numbers, there's strength in unity, and there's strength in truth. And the idea is that as a movement, we have all three of those things already. So the more of us that stand up, the more powerful we will be as a movement. And, yeah, it's just about people looking out for each other and not letting somebody stand out there with their neck on the line, but people willing to, uh, to, to put their necks on the line to defend one another. And it doesn't have to be in a civilly disobedient manner because not everybody – you're your new father, by the way. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, but that changes how you approach things, doesn't it? I mean, when, you, when, a, when a child comes into your life – 
it's one thing when you have a loved one. I mean, you've you've had uh, Catherine, your your lady, for a long time, and you guys are both great activists. And you've done activism together. It's one thing when you have a loved one who's you know your contemporary at home waiting on you and counting on you. It's another thing when you've got a child. How's that going to change you know your level of involvement in those those risk, riskier sure. activities? <clears throat> yeah, well, I always uh, you know I'm quick to point out that it's all an, an individual risk assessment and. People shouldn't feel bad if they're not getting out there and, and, put, and putting their necks on the line or, or engaging in risk or civil disobedience. And, yeah, after I had my baby girl, of course, my risk assessment and the level of risk I'm willing to take on changed completely. But, you know, it's kind of a, I'm kind of torn because at the same time now, you know, it, it's a little more important than it was before because now I have posterity to pass on. And I don't want to sit on my hands and, and leave, it to, leave her to deal with the problems that we face uh, like my parents left to me. Uh, and at the same time, I don't want to be in jail for, for 58 days. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you would do that as an individual, let alone not being able to see your baby girl because, you know, she's five months yeah. now. And in two months, a, a you know, five-month-old little girl is going to change I think what immensely. You said, do it because they don't let you out. I think, <laughs> I think what you said is really important, though, because uh, there are different roles for, for people. Not everybody has to be the civilly disobedient. So, like, when Derek Jay goes out and gets arrested for something, there are people behind the scenes who can help take care of things. They can help, you know, feed a cat or something like that yeah. or, uh, you know, make sure that the, the, the lawn gets mowed or, you know, whatever the, the little things are that make a difference mm-hmm. or just be on the outside to write a letter or to put money in a commissary account and to, you know, to help take care of somebody as much as possible and take care of whatever obligations they might have had uh, mm-hmm. on the outside. So there are roles for, for everybody in this movement. And those are things that even kids can get involved in. You know, like taking sure. care of someone's cat. You bring the kid, you know, your child over and hey, yeah. you get to take care of the kitty there or something go. like that. So there are definitely different different roles for everybody. And, and you shouldn't fe- you know beat yourself up over it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, even myself, uh, as a single individual who doesn't have a family to, to take care of, there's only so far each of us single folks can go too, because the further you go, eventually you get to you know habitual offender status. You get you know more and more harsh punishments as you appear in court more often. So at some point, it makes sense for people who are even more of the civilly disobedient mindset to step back and say, "All right." There needs to be a new wave. There needs to be That's a right. new generation. And so far, we've had like three different waves of uh, civil disobedient activists here in sure. New Hampshire. So there's always room for more, which is why growing a movement is important. Getting people together is so critical. For sure, yeah. And if you look at it in the big picture ways, you know, it's okay to sit back and take a break for a few years because this isn't just an overnight fight that we're engaged in. We're engaged That's in a right. generational battle. And I think the most important thing that we can do, and civil disobedience help this, so does just general outreach, so does some political activism as well, is uh, get out there and change the culture so it'll be easier. So eventually the jury pulls won't convict people, sure. and people will actually lose more faith in the government than they will, and it'll actually be worth it these days. And that's one of the things we're working on here. The more people you can get concentrated, the more likely that cultural change is going to come sooner rather than later. You know all that already, though. RiseUpRadio.com is your website. It's a brand new show. You're no, you're no stranger to radio. But this is your new show, RiseUpRadio.com. John Bush, thanks for coming on Free Talk. Thanks for having me. Coming up. This is Free Talk Live, here live at the Liberty Forum, still until the end of the weekend, pretty much. Uh, It's an all-weekend-long event, started Thursday night. Uh, went all day today, all day tomorrow. Lots of great speakers are lined up to talk. 
And you can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get the full list of who remains. The schedule is there for you. Uh, it, you can come walk up the day of, get a day pass, and come here and be around other like-minded liberty-oriented people. That alone, I think, is worth the price of admission. But also you get to see great folks uh, like Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine, Carlos Miller from uh, Photography is Not a Crime. And I'm hoping we'll get to talk to Carlos Miller tomorrow night. I have yet to see him, Haven't seen him yet. about the building. I know that uh, Brad Jardis, boot to the boot. he went to pick him up yesterday in uh, Boston. So he is in the area, as I understand it, and looking forward to uh, having a chance to meet him. He's definitely a hero of mine. Uh, anybody that stands up to the police and refuses to back down when it comes to the, being told to stop recording video, uh, they're a hero of mine. And so I look forward to talking to Carlos from... Pixic.com, P-I-X-I-Q.com, as we uh, continue here. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. Everything that the outdoor person needs, uh, whether it's you know camping, hunting, survivalist, shooting gear, whatever it is you need, they've got it. They're members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. It's a family-owned operation over there. And the really the way the place they stand out at ManVentureOutpost.com is price. They have the best prices on their equipment. Go to ManVentureOutpost.com. Get an additional five percent off with coupon code FTL. And get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. You can maybe sneak a call in here before the end of the program. We do have more interesting folks to talk to, and we'll be talking to them throughout the weekend uh, to wrap up the, uh, the, the night's interviews. However, we've got someone who is sitting in, uh, shall we say, uh, a partner of Prax Girl. And we've talked briefly about Prax Girl on the air in that I saw that she was going to be here at this uh, this event, and I thought, well, that's pretty great. More Liberty ladies around, that's never a bad thing. Uh, especially uh, fairly attractive Liberty ladies, from what I can tell. I've never Can't met hurt. her in person. <laughs> and unfortunately, we weren't able to meet her here this weekend. I don't know what the reason is, but uh, we have a gentleman here who might be able to uh, explain. Is it Robert? Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor is with us. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, so now you are involved in the Prax Girl YouTube program. What's your involvement? I came up with the idea. Oh, well, there you go. Excellent. So tell us the idea. Well, the idea was um, one was to promote the idea and the word and the term of praxeology. Good, and what it we don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay, well, it's very simple. It stands for the logic of human action. Okay. Tell so me what more. makes sense. Pardon me? What makes sense? What makes sense, yes. Okay. And a lot of people uh, come to us, uh, especially after watching our first video, and they say, well, that sounds like common sense, right? But... Um, common sense not so common? It, 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 it is common sense. However, it, uh, you know, I don't think people should take it as lightly. I think that there's some concepts that are... Uh, that are deeper once we start building on the logic uh, okay. and we get deep into the into the ideas that uh, a lot of people their common sense may say otherwise and so what we try to show is we try to set up a, a methodological basis for what they should believe in uh, by showing them that uh, stating the contrary is a contradiction and then, um, and then we show, and then we build this, uh, these big ideas. You know, uh, I'm sure most libertarians are con- uh, aware of it. Like, things like, uh, you know, business cycles and uh, boom and busts, and, and you know, uh, manipulation of the money supply. All those, all those common. All the Austrian arguments. economics stuff. Right. Right. Now, um, so these are YouTube's. How long do they generally tend to be? Under 10 minutes long. Okay. How many are there? 
We're at episode 18. Uh, we've filmed about 21 episodes. They just have to be edited and put up online. So um, you've been doing it for how long? I've been I've been working on it for a year and a half, and um, uh, the, the the show itself started in June of 2011. It went now, online. Yeah. You came up with the idea. Uh, did you know Prax Girl at this time? Like, what, what's your relationship with her? Yes, uh, Claudia is my friend and a fellow actress. Uh, we're both actors. I'm an actor, writer, and director living in New York City. So we met on a show called The Good Wife. Uh, it's on I've C- heard of it. It's on CBS. Yeah. yeah. And if I've heard of it, it has to be big. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, uh, we met. We were good friends, and she would hear me talking about, you know, uh, unfortunately, people in Hollywood are, uh, tend to be leftists. Mm-hmm. I was a leftist once, in, once upon a time, and uh, and she would hear me having a lot of arguments with people with leftists, and uh, you know, showing them that they're stuck in contradictions, right? Sure. So then I came to her and I said, you know, I have this idea for a show. I think women are underrepresented in the world of economics, and absolutely. Uh, uh, and you know, I'd, and I think you'd be a good candidate for someone to host this show. And she said, you know, she said, I'll do it. That was the word she said. Great. She said, I'd do it. Awesome. It great. So, is it scripted? I mean, are you writing scripts yes. for her? And she's Prashant, uh, my my writing partner, who, who came with me today to have a uh, to, to give a speech. Uh, we write it together. Um, uh, you know, I would say. You'd probably hear most of my voice in the in the in the speeches, just because I have the most creative control. I created the show and whatever, uh, but Prashant is indispensable in his logic, in his ability to uh, identify what should be cut out of the scripts and keeping uh, keeping them concise and all that. And, concise is important with a YouTube. Oh, it's, you know that's that's the whole goal, right? So. Um, you guys are really good at what you do. I've heard your shows. You guys are very, very, very eloquent. But not However, concise. <laughs> well, well, as long as we can agree that there's a value to um, there's a value to what you guys do, which is a three-hour show. Uh, yep, yeah. three hours. Three-hour show. General audience uh, talk show. Correct. But there's also a value to um, giving an under 10-minute show where you just bombard people with information as concisely and as eloquently as sure. possible and just give them what they need to know and get the hell out of there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Pardon my French. So how, how are you How are you making money on it? Not making money? No, no, There's no money. There's no uh, sponsors or okay. anything. This is this is a, a a cost for me, but a cost that's uh, that pays back in in ways that are not material, right? It's a psychic benefit. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of things that we talk about. Praxeology is a science that doesn't just cover what economics covers, which is material goods and services, but it covers the non-material goods, so the psychic benefit, the things you can't measure. Now, yeah. you know, I'd never heard of the term praxeology before uh, the Prax Girl podcast or videocast. Where did it come from? I mean, where? what's the or- origin of this uh, this term, this movement, or what, whatever you want to call well, it? It's, it's, not a, it's not a movement per se, but uh, the, the term praxeology was coined by uh, a man named Ludwig, Ludwig von Mises. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, so we all, I'm sure we, I've most of the us name. Know. Right. <laughs> However, um, you know, while Mises in his book Human Action, which is his uh, magnum opus, while he did use the word throughout the book, he didn't always he didn't stick to it as principally principled, excuse me, as we do, right? We we run on this word and we don't use the word economics. 
for many reasons. We think okay. the word is uh, limited in its scope. And we think it's not appropriate for really talking about what we are talking about. We use a word uh, for economics. We use a word that Mises used called catalactics. Catalactics. Catalactics is the, the study of the determination of prices within a market. That's, okay. That's really what people think economics is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. However, when we talk about catalactics, it's always connected with praxeology. What that means is that, I'll give you an example. Okay. No one ever pays for a dinner at a restaurant uh, simply for the nutri nutritive powers that the food gives you uh, when you sit down, right? Right. They're paying for the service. They're paying for the the way the food is presented. They're paying for the look of the restaurant and I don't the have feel, to wash the dishes, all the non-material right. things that you can't really quantify, right? So that's why praxeology is important, and that's why we call it catalactics rather than uh, economics. Interesting. So yeah. where is which part is the uh, praxeology? Which part is the catalactics? Catalactics just means. Catalactics means um, what the we're prices. Ta we're talking about prices, which means that we're talking about exchanges between more than one purposeful actor. The praxeology part is just the logic of action, which means that... So that can apply to a variety of different topics. Praxeology is the general science. Yeah. We're talking about all action. It apply, the, the laws that we, that we derive through logic are applicable to all catalactics and everything, all human action, as long as it's purposeful. Catalactics just happens to focus on markets, which means when people exchange. We're short on time. Where can people go to see Prax Girl and learn more about Praxiology? Sure. Uh, www.praxiology.com. Uh, .tv, excuse me. Praxiology. You better spell it. P-R-A-X-E-O-L-O-G-Y.tv. If you Google Prax Girl, will that work too? That will work too. P-R-A-X Girl, all yes. one word. That would be the easiest way to do it. Prax Girl, P-R-A-X Girl. You will see her uh, episodes, all 18 of them thus far. Yes. Hit the subscribe button and uh, follow her because it's interesting. Interesting stuff. We'll be back tomorrow night live from the Liberty Forum 20.